The opinions that you hear are those of the host and callers, and not those of iHeartMedia, its management, or advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Phillips File, broadcasting high atop the iHeartMedia complex on WTKS-FM HD1. Coco Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, the Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, it is. It's the uh, Phillips File. This one for a Tuesday, excuse me, a Wednesday, March 14th in the year 2018. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Jim Phillips. On Wednesdays for the first hour, we take what we normally do for the rest of the week and we put that aside because we've begun a series of interviews and reports uh, for the first hour every Wednesday on the heroin and opioid uh, crisis here in Central Florida. We can hope to continue these series of interviews for the remainder of the year. The first week we talked to a person, an addict, who described himself on the air as Mr. X. Then last week we talked to Scott, the triathlete, who had recovered from his addiction and was now devoted to triathlons. And Kelly is our guest uh, today. Let me just read uh, a little bit of the letter that Kelly sent to us, and then we'll continue with the interview. She's been gracious enough to come in and, and answer some of our questions. Kelly wrote to us, my addiction began long before I picked up my first pill or any drug for that matter. My story is not sad or filled with trauma. I'm just a garden variety addict, or so my psychiatrist says. I had a loving family. I always had lots of friends. I got good grades and never in trouble with the law. I always smoked weed. My parents smoked, so I guess it was a learned behavior. While my parents smoked weed, I never went without, and I was not encouraged to use myself. But, of course, I learned from them that smoking weed was okay. My parents had control of their lives and always took great care of me. Then your life kind of went downhill. What happened from that point onward? Kelly, by the way, thanks for uh, thanks for. Uh, coming in today. We appreciate that very You're much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I would say that things kind of went awry um, after um, I gave birth to my first child. Um, I started uh, just recreationally taking um, pain pills, and uh, they were actually given to me by my mother, and um, she referred to them as happy pills. And I controlled it for a little while. You know, I would take them. Um, I bartended, so I would take them, and it would help me perform better at work. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like it was like speed, for lack of a better word. And they made me happy. And that feeling quickly became needed. Like, I, I needed it to feel better. I needed it to feel that way. And and that thus, it just progresses from there. Unlike our first two persons we interviewed both who got addicted to uh, to painkillers because they had accidents one in a motocross accident another in a construction accident in your particular case am i right you just like the way it it felt yeah i just liked being high right i mean bottom line that that's that's what it was i enjoyed the euphoria i liked it they made me happy i was able to talk to well talk more than i normally do and i was um 
it helped me it, it felt like it helped me function better. Like mm-hmm. I was able to be a better mom. I was able to be a better house, you know, take take good care of my house or perform better at my job. It made me more outgoing. Were your parents enablers? Yes. Yes. But as I read your letter at one particular point, it seems to me through your letter, something happened where your where your parents, either your father, your mother, somewhere along the line, they said, this, this is a problem and we're not going to enable you anymore. Yes. Um, for the longest time, um, I never had any issue. Like I never had any legitimate issues for a doctor to prescribe them. Yes. So I started out, um, my mom would give me a handful of her prescription because she did have a legitimate in- uh, injury. She was not an addict. No, no. She still, I don't, really feel she ever was i think her body became physically dependent right but okay. i don't think she was an addict um and she gave me you know would give me a handful whatever and then um she introduced me as i got more and more addicted to them i started going to my own doctor and then she introduced me to her doctor because somewhere i i got an mri that said i had some sort of issue with my back so of course i took that and went with it right and um, she introduced me to her doctor. So her doctor made my third doctor. At any point in time, though, did she say, Kelly, you know, I shouldn't be giving you these pills. This is what do you need these for? Did you what what, yeah, ex- she, what excuses did you use to get pills from your mother? Or she just said, well, this will keep her from maybe a withdrawal or getting angry or being a real pain in the ass. And if as long as I feed her these pills, she's happy and everything's OK. I think it was a little bit of all of that. Yeah. I think she felt partly responsible for the addiction because Mm. she introduced me to them. Um, I also feel I would guilt her into it. Like, or I would promise her that I would give her double back. Like if you give me these, when I get mine, I'll Mm. give you this many back, you know? And once I, we did that for a while. And then um, because all of my cash was going to buy, to feed my addiction, I stole one of her credit cards and, um, actually two of them and they obviously they caught me and that's when her and my my dad decided you know what there is an issue going on here and I think my mom realized it a while before but they felt responsible for she felt responsible so she kept aiding enabling and then finally at at that point they made me write a letter pay back all of the money pay off the cards they filed a police report they did not press charges because they didn't want it to be on my record. However, if I did it again, they have that report to fall back on. You were a functioning addict, though. I was a functioning addict, you, yes. You could work, and you I could, could get work. through the work day. When I, on, on pain pills, yes, I could work, and you would never know I was on them. What other substances besides pain pills? Did you progress to other things, or yes. was it just whatever you could get your hands on? No, I progressed to other things. I I I say I'm a speed junkie. I like, thing, I like uppers. I'm not real big on downers. Um, so I, I had a real problem with cocaine for a real long time. And I would I couldn't I functioned on cocaine, but that quickly took every I guess gonna I get emotional talking about because I gave away everything that I loved. Everything that I loved. It wasn't a matter of meaning. drugs took it from me. I gave it away. Everything that you loved meaning I, what? My daughter. Um I gave up parental rights to my daughter. Um, I turned my back on my family. I gave up on my dream. I quit going to school. I quit. I mean, that took me to places that I I can't even begin to describe, like the deepest, darkest place. Things I I did things I would never even dream of doing now. Meaning situations, situations. Or, or or areas where you're in, where you're in Actual modes areas. of depression. 
Uh, so no. you engaged in a behavior that was not in your best interest. No, exactly. A hundred percent. To get the money to pay for the drugs. Exactly. Exactly. How long, exactly. How long have you been clean and sober now? Almost seven years. Okay. And how long, I mean, this started smoking weed and then it got into pill addiction, cocaine. How many years are we talking about? Um, I started smoking weed when I was probably 14 and um, I only smoked weed. I'm not a big alcohol fan, so I never really drank much. I know I bartended, but I never, that's why I was a good bartender because I right. didn't drink. <laughs> um, and it progressed. It didn't get bad until I, I turned 21. And so that was, I'd say there were seven years there of just, you know, smoking weed smoking cigarettes, and then um, at 21, that's when the pills started. And then I, you know, of course, I've tried ecstasy and um, and then cocaine, and then pills were always my fallback. And when I, when I got, when I first got clean, the very first time I got clean, um, I was still, my dad, I don't know why he thought this was okay, but he still allowed me to go to the doctor and get pills as long as I didn't do cocaine. So, you know, was I really clean? No, I wasn't clean. But I was allowed to come back home and live, and, you know, life was normal. And, of course, I relapsed because you can't – got to change everything. You can't just pick one, and you can't pick one and do the other. I mean, it, it just doesn't work. Were you going through a cycle? I mean, did you know, yes. i got to get off this stuff, i got to get off this stuff? Was it the, was it the typical – was it I, I want to get high because I like the feeling more, or was it this sense of withdrawal? I don't want to go through withdrawal. I don't want I, to go through withdrawal. You, you tried? Yes. And, and what's that and feeling if you, like? if you could explain to the audience, what oh is that God. feeling? Because we get... Okay, it it is... Anybody who's ever had the flu, the real flu, not just a little cold, but the real flu, mm -hmm. times 10, like... I, I, I could never get past the second day because I, my body hurt. I would go through like um, muscle spasms. Um, what do they call that? Restless legs. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. You know, my bowels are messed up. You know, um, vomiting. It, it, it's just unreal. It, it was, it's horrid. And by the second day, I'm like, screw this. I'm, I can't do this. I, I, and then I would go use. I would well, go. like anybody. I mean, whether it's, you know, you're going through an experience like that or you're in incredible pain. And, you know, how do you respond to people to say, well, how hard can it be? I mean, I gave up cigarettes. So, you know, and I was addicted to cigarettes. And if I can be addicted to nicotine, it's just mind over matter. So uh, you're, you're, you're weak. That's, it, that's, you'll hear people hear continue to say that. You're just, ignorant. you're just a weak individual. It's ignorant because I am the strongest human being that I know. And I, I say that it, 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 my, believe it or not, my husband was one of those people. He's not an addict. He doesn't use drugs. Mm -hmm. um, he thought he was going to fix me and right. he got a rude awakening. But his idea of addicts was just that. Oh, they're weak. You know, they don't, you know, they're, they're uh, back alley, you know, scraggly, scruffy, you know, just, just like, you know, we were talking and yeah, they, they, they're, they, they're not like that. They, there's a stereotype. There's of, a stereotype. And, and it, it's not mind over matter. It has nothing to do with mind over matter. Of course it is mind over matter. Once the addict is clean, once the drug is out of the system, then it becomes a choice. Then it becomes something to do with willpower, so to speak. Right. You know, but when a when an addict is in active addiction, they have no control. They can't control it. It's an obsessive compulsive disorder, is what it is. You once you're using, you you become obsessed with using, and then your you, the compulsion to continue to reiterate or re reiterate or what's what's the word I'm looking for? Rehash that right. feeling of euphoria. Sure.
Recapture right, Recapture me, it. There yes. it is. Let yeah. me take a little break. Mm-hmm. Kelly's our guest. We're continuing a series of interviews as they apply to the uh, opioid and heroin crisis in Central Florida. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. From- the Wednesday edition of the Phillips File. My name is Jim Phillips. Every Wednesday now for the first hour, we focus on the opioid, opiate, and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. This is interview number three with Kelly. Kelly has been gracious enough, a recovering addict, to uh, come in and uh, speak to us. Uh, she's been here since 3 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, tell us about rehab. How many times were you in rehab after all these years after of all pill, these years? pill abuse? That's basically right. Pill abuse and yes, cocaine. Yes. Um three three times um to actual rehab. Well, actually two times to actual rehab facilities, and then um there have been four relapses. Um the first uh facility I went to was a Christian facility. Um however it 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 I was a what they call a dry drunk, you know. I, I was clean, but I wasn't given I didn't have any tools, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. While, you know, I needed a higher power in my life, um, I needed a program to help me, you know, when I, uh, situations arise, such as cravings, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. And I wasn't getting that there. So I, I left there and um, went home for a little while, relapsed again. Um, and I was out for a while and then came back home, went to N.A. and um, did good there for a little while, um, but ended up relapsing again. Um, my, my husband had had a surgery and, you know, because addicts are master manipulators, Mm -hmm. um, I can, I convinced him to be quiet instead of telling, you know, my sponsor, Hey, she relapsed or even telling my mother for that matter. And I went off to the races there, you know, and relapsed there. And then, um, using his pills, using his medication. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, I ended up, uh, getting, uh, we ended up getting pregnant and um getting married and you know i i i he thought that i was clean because i did go back to na um he thought i was clean you know and and i of course i wasn't i was able to hide that i don't even know he even drug tested me a couple times i don't even know how i passed those tests i really don't i have no idea um but i did and you know and then um I went to the last time after um, when my daughter, my youngest daughter was about nine months. I have two children. I have a nine-year-old. Well, she's actually 21 now or 20, almost 20 and a uh, nine-year-old now. Um, but when she was nine months, my eldest, my youngest was nine months. I went, uh, my husband and my, my mother had found my stash because I had been using and still going to meetings and still celebrating recovery and doing mm-hmm. all this. Mm-hmm. You know, meanwhile, the people in NA knew I was using. But they couldn't convince my husband that I was. Mm. So um, finally they, you know, went through my purse and found um, I was taking methadone at that time. And um, he said, okay, we got to do something. you got to go to treatment. Were you on a methadone program no. or you were, you were scoring methadone? I was scoring methadone because I couldn't, nobody had the pills because at, by that time they were starting, the pill mills were, they were starting to crack down on them. So mm-hmm. they were still around, but they were really expensive to get into the doctor. Like, you know, they want to charge you... It was crazy. What What do you think kept you from making that jump? Is they, they, you know, they made the crackdown of the pill mills, mm-hmm. and because of that, a, a lot of addicts jumped to the use of heroin because, you know, the market fulfills the needs of the addicts. 
what kept you from from making that jump or was it just all of a sudden you got into successful recovery so you didn't you didn't you didn't cross that particular line the thought has crossed my mind but to be honest with you jim what kept me from ever doing heroin was that watching people nod out mm-hmm. and fall asleep like that was like i don't want to do that. i don't want to waste my high going to sleep and that perception of heroin luckily kept me from ever doing it. interesting i don't ask me why i don't I can't explain it, but that is the one thing that I have never done. You're more of a speed freak. I'm a speed freak. I like speed, cocaine, like right? Gotcha. Um, and I'm not a fan of. I, I've tried crystal meth too. I'm not a fan of it though. I, it's you know. Is there anything you haven't tried? As far as <laughs> I mean, I don't. Um, I don't. It sounds like I'm trying to make a joke. I'm not. No. But was there any any type of speed that you? Haven't you didn't done? try? No, I've never done. I've never tried acid. I've never done shrooms. I've never done heroin, uh, like straight heroin. You know, there's heroin and ecstasy, but I've never done straight heroin. Um, I've never done um, any of like the, what do they call those? Whip it, those aerosol thing. I've never done any of that. Um, I'm, but you did use. Um, I did. I was an intravenous, intravenous person. Yes. yes. And right. and I used to, my, my mother, you know, when I got clean and would share my story, she was, always so shocked because the one and only time I ever gave blood, I passed out because I couldn't stand needles. And, um, yeah, I, I became an intravenous drug user. Yes. So, so finally tell us about the, 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 the rehab program where you finally made it after all these struggles, after all this addiction, after you're in rehab, out of rehab, this, that you're in a, a program, but you're still using then finally, what, what, what happened that got you over that line where you've been clean and sober? I was woke up one, it was a Sunday, and I woke, it was Sunday, January 23rd, and I woke up, and I was just, I couldn't find any pills, and I was out. And, you know, just hunting, I hunting and hunting and trying to find and find and find. I couldn't, and I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm so done with this. I'm so over this. I'm sick of it. I want to, I've got, and I knew the only thing I had to do was tell. Once I tell on myself, then it will get better. So, I went outside and and I told my husband and I was like, look, this is what I did. And he was like, he was very angry. So it was my oldest daughter, you know, um, I went to NA. NA is what saved me. And NA for the audience is narcotics anonymous. Mm -hmm. And it's a 12 step program, 12 step program. I, I went there. I got a sponsor. Um, I work, went through and worked through steps. Um, I got a higher power and I changed people, places and things. And, I wanted it this time. This time I wanted it. And, you know, I mean, it helps. There. My husband said he was going to leave me. You know, I'll leave you. I'm taking the kids and I'll leave. I can't do this again. And, you know, the, the longer I went and the, the more of a connection that I made with my higher power and the more tools that I learned, the more coping mechanisms and ultimately playing the tape all the way through is something my sponsor had said, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just thinking about, yeah, you know, because I, I think about getting high every day. I, that has not still left do. me. I still, still do. After still all cravings. this time, I still have cravings. Can you, I, I don't know, maybe it's crossing the line, but, you know, when, you, when those cravings come along, and I have them too, but my story's not nearly as involved as yours. I mean, what, what do you do? Can you explain to the audience, you're getting that, you're getting that craving, you're getting that feeling, what do you need to do yourself to, okay, I, I got to take control of this. I got to get past this. Normally, it is just a passing thought. If it's really bad, it's not to the point anymore where it it's, makes me really like 
sometimes if I'm watching like intervention or something, my stomach will turn when I watch. I can't watch certain things, but it's just changing my thought, changing what I'm doing, getting up and doing something. Or like I was saying, is playing the tape all the way through instead of just thinking about how awesome it would be to get high and how great I'm going to feel. It's what's going to happen after that. Mm -hmm. And after that, and after that, after my husband's left me, my kids are gone and I'm living on the street with nothing. You know, do I really want to end up there? No, I yeah, don't. You've been to that circus before. I've been, I played that. Yes, I played that game before. I there, I played those games, and it, it's not fun. I'm too old, and I don't really think I have another relapse in me. I, I don't think I can do it again. I'll die. And you said you how many friendships? I mean, because when you're working through this program, you have to. You, in many cases, you need to divorce yourself from maybe longstanding relationships and friendships, and 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 people who have enabled your behavior. Yeah. Yes, I've, Can you talk I've, to us about that? Most of those, with the luxury of Facebook, um, there are several people that I have still remained in contact with um, through Facebook and Facebook only, and they themselves are clean. Um, I see them with pictures of beer and, you know, drinking and whatnot, but, you know, everybody's journey is different, and I don't, I don't you know, judge them. I, I personally can't do that. So I just keep up with them through Facebook. You know, um, some people don't understand that, you know, I do have some friends that, you know, they're not addicts and they have a couple beers or they may smoke a doobie or whatever, you know, and that's okay. I can't be around that. I can't do that. It, it bothers me. It because it makes me envious is what it does. It makes me want yeah. to be yeah, able yeah. to go back to the high school days where I could smoke a joint with my friends or I could have a drink and it'd be okay. You know, and I get up in the morning and everything's normal and I go about my day and I'm not, you know, strung out trying to find my next fix, you know, but I have, I haven't lost any, my old friends, like from high school that weren't a part of my, uh, active addiction. I still talk to them. I'm still part of their lives. They make arrangements for, you know, like Kelly, come, if you come early, you know, I go before the party starts (laughs) and hang out with them to, you know, a one of my best friends had, you know, Still got a degree. Right. Jack yeah. has a question for you. Kelly, you mentioned you uh, had to give up your parental rights to your child. What's your current status with your children and through this process? I have them both. Um, my What I did was I signed a document. My um, dad had pulled it off the Internet. And my um, husband at the, my well, was my ex-husband, had him and I both had signed it, giving my parents uh, custody of my child for a specific amount of time from like, let's just say July to July of, you know, for two years is what it was. And that was just to protect my daughter in case him or I did something stupid that the state couldn't come in and take her so that she was always protected no matter what. And when that, that document expired, I was already back home with her and my mother clean. So it just dissolved. Was it legal and binding? I really don't know. I thought it was. And ultimately, it was to protect her. And she is awesome. You know, she loves me. I'm getting ready to be a grandma on June 21st. She's due. And then I have a nine-year-old who is absolutely darling. And um, I never lost her. Um, It was the eldest that that was privy to my active addiction. What's the what's your what's the current relationship between you and your parents? I my mother is still and always has been my best friend. Mm I love her dearly. Um, my dad that I'm referring to is actually my stepdad. Right. I, I have two dads. I've been blessed with two. So 
Um, I, he is uh, still in my life. Both of them are. I love them both. Um, my family is 100% supportive. Um, I love them very much. For those uh, persons who are listening to the program, whether they're parents, whether they're siblings, and they, they have somebody in the family or friends for that matter, uh, who are struggling with something, uh, like this. I mean, what is your recommendation? There seems to be just this myriad of different recommendations that people have. Works for some people, doesn't work for other people. Uh, you know, uh, going to a rehab clinic in Palm Springs might work for some people, and other people doesn't. Na. I mean, what, what, what's the next step for if, anybody? For anybody is wanting the 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 pain. The pain of staying the same has got to be greater than the pain of content or the pain of getting clean. Like they've got, you've got to want it first and foremost. If they really want it, then it'll, they'll find a way. Like if we, you know, I've heard it, it's been, I've heard it said many times that if we put even just a fraction of the effort that we put into finding drugs into recovery Mm -hmm. and staying clean, it it would be amazing. What it would be not, amazing. Yeah, what are we not doing right? I mean, whether I, I, it's I think, the government or is it is it this that, level of ignorance that that many people have as it relates to to drug addiction? I think it, it's ignorance, and I think um, I'm probably going to get hate mail, but um, parents. I think a lot of our You'll families are in, are, in, <laughs> are enablers. You know, they're enabling. They're loving their children to death. They have to let go and 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 just let go. And just let them do what they're going to do. They're not, you are not going to make an addict stop using. You will not do it. And if you, if they do go to treatment because you make them, it's not going to last. And it's going to be tough for a parent. They see, they see a mm-hmm. child in need, a child suffering, and maybe it's a, a, a case of enabling. They, nobody wants to see their child in pain. No one yeah. wants to see them struggle through this. So I don't, you know, whether they look the other way and say, uh, it's really not happening, or maybe in the case like, your mother, you know, maybe it was just, look, I don't want to see my daughter in pain. Take this. I know what you're going through. Because she might have had somewhere along the yes. line in her uses, you know, her use of pills. She knows what it's like, and she right. doesn't want you to go through no, the same she thing. Didn't. But ultimately, they had to turn their back. Yeah. They had to say, we love you, but the only help you're going to get from us is a ride to treatment. You have to be. And they were okay. I shouldn't say okay. They understood that by letting go. I may die, but that was my choice. That was a decision that I made, not them. You know, they did what they needed to do. You know, they they would be there if I wanted to be clean. But sometimes you have to, like, they had my daughter to think about. You know, they had other people. You know, they're, you, your family, I, I think we take, as addicts, we take advantage of our families, you know, and, and I think our families, they want to help us, but they're not. Ultimately, they're loving us to death. They need to just let go and quit enabling. If you don't let the addict hurt or experience pain or suffer a consequence, they're never going to change. If there were no if there were no consequences for me using, I would be using right now. We wouldn't be having this conversation. If there were no consequences for driving without a license, why would anybody pay the state to get their driver's license? You know, like if there's no consequences and no if they're not if the addict doesn't feel some sort of pain and, and allowed to be to feel uncomfortable, heaven forbid, then they're not going to change. They're not going to. They're, they're not going to unless they absolutely want to, you know, unless they say, OK, I'm done. You know, but I think parents are. 
it's a hard, it's tough. My mom said it was the hardest thing she ever did, you know, knowing that and having to explain to my daughter, you know, on Christmas when their, their New Year's resolution or, or is that I hope mommy comes home. Do you discuss this with your, with your mother or is that, you know, yes. when you get, I mean, is it a constant, yes. constant communication about, I mean, is it, gee, how are you, Kelly, how are you doing? You doing okay? Is mm-hmm. it that one? Or is it, or is it you say, mom, I just won't want to let you know I'm doing all right. I'm doing, she would probably know if you weren't doing okay. She would know if I was using immediately. Would I you? see my mom regularly. Okay. Like my, my mom, I like, like I said, she's my best friend. I see her regularly. You know, right, Jack has another question. All the time. Uh, yeah, people texting Real Mobile 77031. And this uh, listener writes, This is uh, exactly my story. I'm ready also. But how did you get through withdrawal? Mm. Good Sub- question. Suboxone. What is that? Suboxone is um, a, a drug, and there's many different forms of it now. But when I went to treatment, there was only one. And um, it's a medication that um, what it does is it floods the opiate receptors in the brain so that if you were to use an opiate, mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything. It's not going to work. But what it what it is, is it's going to help you get through that week, maybe two weeks, depending on the level of usage and how long get you through withdrawal. But it should be done under a treatment facility or under the the guidance of a of a licensed physician uh, physician who's not going to keep you on the med for years right. you don't need to be on the medication for years this is not period. something that you would just go to and get refilled and take it on a daily or weekly I think basis they do. do they i think there i think there's people who are out there who do abuse the medication mm-hmm. but what are, are there any side effects to this suboxone i didn't take it long enough to know Okay. I mean, I felt a little bit uncomfortable when um, I was coming off the Suboxone, but I only took it for two weeks. That Did was you feel last... immediate relief or was yes. it pretty fast acting? Yes. Well, you have to be in full-blown withdrawal to take Suboxone. It's getting rid of the opiates or, no, is, no. It, or is it getting rid it's of the blocking. desire? It's getting rid of the, gotcha. the craving. It's getting rid of the craving and it's blocking the receptors, sort of like the medication for alcoholics who take it. If they drink, they get sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only if you use heroin or any sort of opiate, you're not going to get high. But Period. it stops the fluey feeling yes, of withdrawal, absolutely. the shakes, the twitchy, the ever, all of that. So why isn't this more available to, I mean, we have a national crisis, certainly crisis here in central Florida. If I would have, nobody, nobody, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know something, I just want to become a drug addict. No, Nobody's don't. like that. No, they, so, they're not. And so we know that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are addicted to one form or another substance here in Central Florida. Is it expensive? Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it, Or it's hard to get treatment where that can be prescribed for you? To be honest, because it's been seven years since I've taken any of that medication, at the time there was only several doctors here in Central Florida yeah. that um, we're licensed to prescribe it because you can't just walk in. Most doctors don't even know what it is, you know. So, um, and then they want, um, if they're not, there's no reason for them to give you the medication for more than 30 days, period. There isn't. And if you're taking it for more than 30 days, you're just starting the cycle all over again. You're swapping one drug for another because it's still an opioid. Right. You know, um, so it, but it, it saved my life. It showed me that there was an answer. There is a solution to withdrawal. There is a solution. And if you if it's used properly, it can help you get clean. It's not going to keep you clean, but it will help you get through withdrawal, which is 
most of the time what is the hardest part. But then you have other you have other recovering addicts that say that you need to go through withdrawal. Right. So you feel that pain and that uncomfortability. So it helps you right. remind you when you go to want to use again, I don't want to go through that again. You know, it just I don't know. My story doesn't have that. And, I, you know, if there's a, a softer, easier way, you know, whatever. Hey, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you. Thank you for coming by. We Thanks appreciate it very on. much. I appreciate it. And uh, we wish you well with your journeys. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll take a little break. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Let's get a little bit of news, by the way. Thanks to Kelly for coming in every Wednesday for part of the first hour of the Phillips File. Uh, we'll concentrate on the opioid, opiate, the heroin addiction crisis that we have in Central Florida. Kelly was interview number three. She was absolutely terrific. As was Mr. X and uh, who is the Scotty? Jo- Scott, the triathlete, last week. That each and every one of them have just yeah. hit the ball out of the park, and we appreciate their participation in this. Let's get some news. Here's Mo. All right. Well, today so much is happening in news. Yeah. I'm going to give you some sort of uh, highlights of what's been going on down in Broward County, uh, specifically in the city of Parkland, Florida. The accused Florida high school shooter is being formally arraigned on murder charges today. Uh, that kid sat slumped in his seat, stared at the floor. His defense attorney told the judge that he's willing to plead guilty to all counts of murder in exchange for them waiving the death penalty. Um, yesterday, prosecutors said they would seek the death penalty, but they could change course at any time. Anyway, he is charged with 17 counts of premeditated first-degree murder for the Valentine's Day shooting at Parkland High School. Today, one month later now, it was called the school walkout day. Yeah. Uh, it happened, of course, in Parkland, um, and it happened all at, at schools all over this country, in Washington, in Chicago, uh, out in, in Colorado, in Denver, I was watching that. They also today released some 911 call, calls, uh, some new ones, uh, from the Douglas shooting where, you know, the kids were calling 911 saying they're bleeding, they're going to die, they're, you know, whatever, watching these kids bleed out inside the building. Uh, so that's, that happened as well. These kids own this. One of the things, one of the things I see happening is yeah. I think this is a generation that is separating and trying to separate itself maybe consciously or subconsciously, from the millennial generation. I mean, we overstate it and generalize, of course, but I think uh, these kids are saying, we can do something. We're interested in social causes. We're interested in justice. We're interested in safety. We're interested in things that maybe the generation before us, for whatever reason, uh, didn't want to be part of, and we're not, and we're not going to be part of that particular generation. Right. The walkouts included, Jim, 17 minutes of silence. We don't need a trophy for protesting. No, that's true. Uh, the, um, actually, you know, millennials, there's, there, there are two groups. I mean, entitled brats, you think, oh, they're entitled brats on one hand. And on the other hand, they want to change the world. So there, are, there is that bucket of, of millennials also. They're not all the sort of spoiled, everybody gets a ribbon, entitled brat thing. You know, but anyway, on another topic. Let's no, finish I, I understand you know what I mean? that, they, but it's... I wonder whether there was a sense of overprotection of children during that particular for that particular generation, as opposed to what is coming to the forefront. That's now. probably true. Uh, the walkouts today, the school walkout, seventeen minutes, one for one minute for each of the Parkland shooters. Out in Colorado, they made it thirty because there were thirteen people who died at Columbine. 
Uh, Mayor Buddy Dyer, Teresa Jacobs, also led a walkout downtown, as did dozens and dozens of other people. This was kind of cool. Don't um, let these politicians take over. I saw them at, at the podium in Washington, D.C. You got the mayor of Orlando, the mayor of Orange County. Yeah. You got to watch out for these politicians because they will step forward to try to ta- draw the attention and the spotlight to them. I'm no. telling you right now, don't let them do it. And by the way, if you're really serious about this, Mayor Dyer, if you're really serious about this, Mayor Jacobs, then you would lead the charge to change the state law that mandates that municipalities and counties can enact their own gun laws. You know, you, you want to get serious about this? You know, put the rubber to the road. Uh, the um, There were hundreds of people from different downtown workplaces who also gathered on the lawn of the Dr. Phillips Center as well. Uh, of course, it is... Just so poignant for our community because it was less than two years ago that uh, Pulse happened. So, yeah, nobody did anything with that. I, nope, didn't, I didn't see the mayor did of Orlando. I didn't see the mayor of the county. I didn't see county commissioners or city commissioners, for the most part, stepping forward and said, damn it, we demand an end to this, that, whatever, raise the age, do background checks, more cops on campus, assault band, uh, assault right. gun, uh, weapon band, this, that, whatever. They didn't, do, you know, for the most part, they didn't do squat. Well, now you got this, and now you're out there marching with these students. It's very serious business for these students and yeah. why shouldn't it be and are you doing that just to get the political spotlight or are you do are you going to do something other than showing up for a march that's what i would like to see because you have the power through your connections in tallahassee to maybe try to do something about this we'll see what happens uh guns are all over the place at stetson university up in deland a student was arrested and suspended after he was found with a gun on campus this morning or early this morning 3 a.m security guard noticed a car with a blown tire pulled into a I guess a handicapped spot in front of the dorms. So the guard approached the driver and the 20-year-old told the cop that he had just spoke a pot and had a rifle in his car. They found a rifle, a scope, 27 rounds of ammunition scattered throughout the car. They they found pipes and a vaporizer and some weed and whatnot. Anyway, uh, he says, oh, I have a medical marijuana prescription, man. Uh, I'm I don't just going to get high and go hog. Oh, home. boy, that's scary, too. Now, let's move over to Pulse. We were talking about guns and, and things. Uh, of course, that happened right here in... Uh, Orlando. That would be June of 16. Now, family members and supporters of the widow of the shooter urged against a rush to judgment as testimony began in her trial today. She's accused of aiding and abetting her husband who gunned down all those people and injured dozens more at Pulse. Prosecutors say uh, she gave the green light to this. That's their, That's right. part of their opening statement today they in said, Orlando yep. Federal Court. They said, now, she okay. believed, her, her attorneys say she said uh, today that um, nor Salman believed they were on a family outing. You know, they had been to Disney Springs or the old downtown Disney, right? They had been to another nightclub in the hours, you know, that day. Um, they had been to different places. And it turns out that they are painting her as, uh, you know, like surprised about all of it. Nothing says uh, family outing like an AR-15 and multiple clips. Mm. Uh, and also, Jim, uh, Marco Rubio, the final story for this time around anyway. Yeah, well, uh, Marco Jack won't like this at all, but today, Marco Rubio, Florida's junior senator. Get a load of this, Jack. Introduced federal legislation, Jack, that would make daylight savings time permanent across the country. Let me say this about that. Okay. Oh, boy. I applaud that move. Not just us. Because it's universal? Because it's nationwide? Correct. What about Canada? It will eliminate a lot of the problems and changes that we go through every seven or five month cycle as we keep shifting our time zone or 
we don't shift and the eastern seaboard shifts and every other time zone shifts. So we would st- all stay on the same Everybody cycle. shifts. Like a bunch of women living together. We'd all be on, on the, the same, same cycle. cycle. Yeah, gotcha. I hear you there. All right, yeah. let me have some birthdays because we've got to move on here. Oh, wait. We'll get what? some more news okay, in later. Okay, yeah, I got gobs of it. Okay, here we go. Happy, happy birthday today. Uh, let's see. Uh, Steph Curry, basketball extraordinaire. Yeah, How yeah, old yeah, is yeah. Steph Curry? He's uh, 26. 28. Ah, uh, I don't Damn know. It. 27. Pinkman, 30. Yep. What? No, he's 30. What? Yeah. Steph what? Curry? Uh-huh. Damn, he's I remember 30. when he was in the final suite. Let's go. Elite. How, how about gymnast uh, Pinkman goes first? Pink, <laughs> uh, Pinkman, how about gymnast Simone Biles? Uh, oh. All right. She is Here we go. Ooh, 21. On the dot. Oh, Damn yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, and here, I've got a two for Tuesday. Oh, wait, it's Wednesday. But anyway, I've got two. Kapoya! Two people, same age, same year, same everything. Michael Caine. Go ahead, Jack. Say it. Michael Caine. That's right. That's Quinn, terrible. I Thank know, you. It's, it's great, but I, I can't. No idea. I can't say My the name. Cocaine. My cocaine. Michael, Michael Caine. Yes. And Michael finally, he shares a birthday year <laughs> and everything, date, everything, with Quincy Jones. Ooh. Pinkman. Blame it on the bossa nova. Michael Caine and Quincy Jones. 83. Oh, Damn please. It. Okay. Jim? Pass. Oh, 84. 85. 85 is oh, right. Oh, you son of a gun. Sorry. <laughs> You didn't give him a window. What's the matter with you? What? No, I don't he give said, Pinkman a window. Oh, that's... I, it's like playing golf with the boss. I give the boss a window. That's the la-dee-da. Mm-hmm. Just call me Moira. We'll take a little break. When we come back, a bonus round of closest to the pin. We'll open up the lines. Pinkman will choose one of you at random to play against him. If you win, good fortune for you for the rest of your life. All upcoming on Real Radio 104.1. Kapoya! Kapoya! <laughs> to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. And now the Phillips File presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is... Closest to the pin. Let's go while we're young. And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips. Yeah, Chad's on the line. He will play against Pinkman in this bonus round of Closest to the Pin. Chad really wants that You Matter business card. He'll get that if he defeats Pinkman, because it means he'll have good fortune for the rest of his life. Chad also knows there's a downside, a negative side to this. If he loses to Pinkman, he will have bad luck for 24 hours. But he's willing to take that risk. Mr. Pinkman, if you'll go to the soundproof booth, we'll bring you back in a couple of minutes to set your handicap. There he goes. Hey, Chad, how are you today? Very good, Jim. How are you, sir? Very, very well, thank you. I have 10 questions for you. Of course, they're connected in some form or fashion. Just answer to the best of your ability, and I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Are you ready? Here we go. In three, two, one, begin. Chad, it appears Connor Lamb has won that special congressional election in Pennsylvania, but the movie Silence of the Lambs was released in what year? In 1988, Jim. How old is actor Anthony Hopkins? 73. Shakespeare's play Anthony and Cleopatra was first performed in what year? 1921. The movie Cleopatra starring Elizabeth Taylor was released in what year? 1962. How old is singer-songwriter Taylor Swift? She is 23. Jonathan, Jonathan Swift wrote Gulliver's Travels in what year? 
1950. The John Steinbeck book titled Travels with Charlie was published in 1962. It's how many pages long? It is 167 pages. Steinbeck wrote The Grapes of Wrath that won the National Book Award and the Pulitzer Prize. Steinbeck won a Nobel Prize for Literature in what year? 1953. Nobel Prizes were first awarded starting in what year? 1908. Get it within 25. You went outright. If John Steinbeck was a crow in Salinas or Salinas, California, his birthplace, he would have to travel how many miles to reach Carmel, California? He would have to travel 167 miles. Time. All right. There you go. Let's bring Mr. Pinkman back in. 25 within 25. No, no, I oh, he within, said 167. Okay. I got that. Get it within 25. I just you didn't know what right. the boundary okay. was. Okay. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is Mr. Pinkman. And Mr. Pinkman's handicap, we set it at 18, but we allow him to roll the dice. Whatever that number he rolls will take off of 18, and that will be his handicap for this afternoon. So, Mr. Pinkman, if you'll pick up that dice, do it or do whatever you have to do to them, warm them up, and let's see what you do with it. All right. Oh. What do you get? Seven the hard way. Seven, okay. There 11 seconds. That's the only way to get seven. I have ten questions uh-huh. for you. Know. Ten questions for you, Mr. Pingman, whenever you're ready. I am ready. Let's count down and keep score. In three, two, one, begin. Pinky, it appears Connor Lamb has won that special congressional election in Pennsylvania, but the movie Silence of the Lands was released in what year? 1981. How old is actor Anthony Hopkins? Uh, 76. Shakespeare's play Anthony and Cleopatra was first performed in what year? 1478. The movie Cleopatra, starring Elizabeth Taylor, was released in what year? 1951. How old is singer-songwriter Taylor Swift? Uh, 28. Jonathan Swift wrote Gulliver's Travels in what year? That would be 1831. The John Steinbeck book titled Travels with Charlie was published in 1962. It's how many pages long? Uh, 312. Steinbeck wrote The Grapes of Wrath that won the National Book Award and the Pulitzer Prize. Steinbeck won a Nobel Prize for Literature in what year? 1966. Nobel Prizes were first awarded starting in what year? Uh, 1890. Get it within 25, you went outright. If John Steinbeck was a crow in Salinas or Salinas, California, his birthplace, he would have to travel how many miles to reach Carmel, California? Uh, 36. What time? Wow, oh, There you go. All right. Wowie, kazowie. Let's wow. see what we do here. Movie Silence of the Lands released in what year? Chad said. 88. Pinkman. 81. 1991. Oh, How old silence. is actor Anthony Hopkins? Chad said. 73. Pinkman. 76. He's 80. Pink. Right. Ties it up. The play, Shakespeare's play, Anthony and Cleopatra's first performed in what year? Chad said. I think he said 1921. He might have thought it was a movie. I don't know. I don't know. Pinkman said. 1478. 1607. I'm closer. That's Pinkman, yeah. yeah the movie definitely. Cleopatra, starring Elizabeth Taylor, released in what year, Chad said? 62. Pinkman. 51. Off by one, 1963. Oops. Dang it. How old is singer-songwriter Taylor Swift, Chad said? 23. Pinkman. 28. Right on the money, 28. Oh, oh yeah. Jonathan Swift fan. wrote Gulliver's Travels in what year, Chad said? 1850. Pinkman. 1831. 17, 26. Pinkman. The good old days. John Steinbeck, uh, he wrote a book called Travels with Charlie. It's really a work of fiction. You think it's not, but they found out later he made it all up. Published in 1962. It's how many pages long? Chad said. 167. Pinkman. 312. 288. It's Pinkman. Is it? Yeah, 288. You said 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, 288. Yes, correct. 
Steinbeck wrote, of course, The Grapes of Wrath, turned to a, into a movie starring Henry Fonda. It won the National Book Award. It won the Pulitzer Prize. Steinbeck won a Nobel Prize for Literature in what year, Chad said? 53. Pinkman? 66. 62. There you go, Pink. Nobel Prize is first awarded starting in what year, Chad said? 1908. Pinkman? 1890. 1901. 11. Chad, uh, Chad yeah, for sure. All right, what's the score? It's 7-3. Uh, 7-3. You know. Pinkman three. has 7, yeah. Get it with it's your only hope here, Chad. Get it within 25, you went out right. If John Hello. Steinbeck, what? John Steinbeck was a crow in Salinas. I don't know if it's Salinas or Salinas. Mm. Uh, we'll find out, I'm sure, in a text message. I'm sure that's I could have looked it up, but duh, Jim's too lazy. His birthplace, <laughs> he would have to fly how many miles to reach Carmel, California? I think uh, Clint Eastwood was the mayor of Carmel at one time. Chad so. said. 167. Pinkman said. 36. Get it within 25, you went out right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, John Steinbeck would have to fly a total of 22 miles. Oh, Pinkman's uh-huh. within. That's uh-huh. it. Yeah. I'm He's sorry, within. Chad. That's the way so the cookie win, crumbles. Win, win. Bad luck for you for 24 hours. Thanks for playing that bonus round of Closest to the Pin. Remember, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and closest to the pin. Pin, pin, pin. Say Representative Elizabeth Porter, a Republican. I don't know where she's from. Uh, She's uh, quoted as saying that um, she doesn't think children should be telling adults what to do in relation to the Parkland shooting and gun Uh, control and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. By the way, she has a uh, A A-plus rating from the NRA. Nice. Try to find the audio or the video. See what she has to What's say. What's her for name? Herself. Porter. I think. Wait, First me, name? Say Elizabeth. What'd you say? Her name is. And bingo was her name. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. Let me find uh-huh. it here. Damn it. Come on. Stupid thing. It's uh, Elizabeth Porter, Republican. Yep. So. Anyway, well, your day, the day is coming, you know. Well, when grown-ups don't take action to help protect That's children, then they have to do it themselves. Right Many now. of these children I, I see on TV speak. are a hell of a lot more articulate than members of the state legislature. Let's see what else oh, is happening. Oh, definitely the state legislature. Uh, special and Income poops. Another <laughs> sign that your vote does count, of course, yeah. the special congressional election in uh, southwest Pennsylvania. Wow. Being decided what, eh, give or take 600 votes. Seven, yeah, last I heard. Yeah, whatever, it's but less than one half of 1%. Does that mean it's got to have a recount? No, there is no recount, they say, because they've already counted the absentee ballots, and the margin of victory is, so there's no recount. I thought if it was with that. Okay, good. I, didn't I don't know. know if it's percentage or, or yeah. vote counts. I don't know. But, okay, um, we'll find out. I don't know if he can demand one or not. But So there you go. And the fact that you know, what it points out is, uh, you know, they, they say, I don't know who said it, whether it was, I'm sure it was a former politician. I think it might have been uh, Tip O'Neill, the former Speaker of the House, who said uh, all politics is local. That's right. And in this particular case, the Democrat won that district. He's, uh, generally speaking, pro-gun, does not believe in an assault, uh, a ban on assault weapons. He's pro-tariff. He's pro-union. Um, I don't know if he's pro-life, anti-abortion. I don't know what he is in that particular case, but you have to play to the district. And that's what the Democratic Party needs to needs to conclude. They have to come to an understanding that there is room for people within the party that might not agree with them on everything. But for a while now, the Democratic Party, and to a certain degree, the Republican Party said, you can't be, you know, you can't be a card, quote, card-carrying member, end of quote, uh, of of this particular party unless you agree with here, 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 here. 
I mean, can you be a Democrat and be anti-abortion? Can you be a Dem? Can you be, look, I agree with you on 96% of the issues, but on this particular issue, I don't agree. Can I still be a Democrat? For a long time, a lot of Democrats said, no, you can't be. No, it's identity politics, and you can't, you can't be a member. But everything's identity politics. Mm-hmm. Well, we like to refer to as identity politics usually as race, gender, but identity politics can be guns, it can be wealth, it can be poverty, it can be a whole bunch of things that we as citizens identify ourselves with. And uh, it just seems that maybe Democrats a little bit more than Republicans said, well, you know, you got to toe the line on these particular issues. Otherwise, we don't want you as a Democrat. Yeah, wait, see. Well, that's all nice, Mr. Phillips. However, the texting service is saying Uh-oh. Salinas. It's Salinas. a Salinas? Yes. Salinas, 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 Salinas. I think no, you one keep... of them is Kansas. So there's another place called Salinas. Something Whatever. Answer. I'm just asking. Yeah. Just ask the question. They don't have to get rude about it. One triple eight nine seven eight one zero four one. Jack's audio file right around the corner on Real Radio one zero four point one. At Real Radio one zero four one on Twitter. Brought to you by Seacoast Bank. See why local is better by visiting seacoastbank.com. Better by all accounts since 1926. Member FDIC. From. Spanning the world wide web to bring you the constant variety of sound. The thrill of victory. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And the agony of defeat. Chicken Ted Trezini. The sound of human drama captured in a world where everything is recorded. It's time to hear what's in Jack's audio file. Yeah, in just a moment, because Mo has violated the making a sub rule. Mm-mm. She got her husband a sub on whole wheat. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as he asked for that. No, he He didn't. He didn't specify. Then you get white. You don't wait. We're going to continue this conversation. You violated the sub rule. Mm. You violated the hoagie rule, the sub rule, the grinder rule. You went whole wheat. It should always go white. It's 420, and I had the munchies until you mentioned that. What now? Yeah, exactly. What's in your audio file? Representative (laughs) Elizabeth W. Porter of the Florida State House. She's on the Higher Education and Workforce Subcommittee. She's the the chair there, Jimmy. She is from Lake City, and she recently, on this National Walkout Day, one month since the tragedy at Parkland at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, uh, this Florida lawmaker says children should have zero input on gun laws. We've been told that we need to listen to the children and do what the children ask. Are there any children on this floor? Are there any children making laws? Do we allow the children to tell us that we should pass a law that says no homework? Or you finish high school at the age of 12 just because they want it so? No. The adults make the laws because we have the age, we have the wisdom, and we have the experience. That's Did right. she, she say says we have the wisdom? We have the wisdom. Now, Jim, before you jump on her, that might be correct, and because I'm going to defer to her because she does have a... A B.A. in communications. Oh, boy. So she should know. Well, she is from Lake City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what kind I mean, of public I'm just, education? You know, yeah, not there. Yeah, it's nose-pickerville. Nose Actually, she went to Lake City Community College for oh. her A.A. and then went to Florida State University for her B.A. in communications. There you go. Yeah. Case, I mean, case closed. She has the big words. Exactly. Only yeah. the best words, yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so we're not going to have kids uh-huh. graduate high school at 12. We're not going to pass a no-homework law. Because that's what these kids are after. I got my (laughs) education in Tallahassee. Uh, 
Yeah, she should have went to Florida. Oh, that's right. what Jack says. No, stop it. Not understanding uh-huh. the debate, the issue, the protesting makes me more concerned after hearing this woman speak right. than we were before Correct. I listened to her. So what are they, lobbying now? The kids are now lobbying for no homework? What's going on? <laughs> I didn't catch idea. that story. Is that what's happening now? No. Wow. Uh. What the children ask. Are there any children on this floor? Are there any children making laws? Do we allow the children to tell us that we should pass a law that says no homework? Who's doing that? You finish high school at the age of 12 just because they want it so? Fake news. No. The adults make the laws because we have the age, we have the wisdom. We have the wisdom. We have the wisdom. Boy, oh boy, she's country, that one. Shut up, kids. We has the wisdom here. We're adults. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. It, it just writes itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, Jim, uh, let's uh, go to other elected officials, and including the big news yesterday was uh, Rex Tillerson getting his walking papers. Uh, and so, Not really. Know. Well, you're right. He didn't get his walking papers. Because He's- the coward doesn't have it. Well, the president Who? doesn't have it. He's oh. a coward. He's a five-time Vietnam draft dodger, and then he's a coward. He can't even sit down with somebody and say, thank you for the service, but I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to call it quits. I'm letting you go. That's a coward. Tweets out even before he communicates with this guy? Get out of here. <laughs> I'll now return to private life as a private citizen, as a proud American, proud of the opportunity I've had to serve my country. Rex Tillerson, the oil man. Can go back to the oil business. Was it Exxon he was Exxon with? Exxon Mobil, yes. I mean, you know, yeah. I can, can agree, disagree, but, you know, he said, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll serve the country. Mm-hmm. But this uh, goofball he works for, this chucklehead, you know, didn't even have enough courage. I mean, what boss, a boss has an obligation, at least I think, and if nothing else, a moral obligation to sit down with the person who he's firing face-to-face. You would think so. Otherwise, you're a coward. James Comey got fired while delivering a speech across the country. It was on television. Another, yeah. That's how he found yeah. out. That's right. Yeah, he's the, and it, just backs me, it just backs up my observation that uh, the Trump is a coward. Here's more from Rexy. I'm delegating Rexy. all responsibilities of the Office of the Secretary to Deputy Secretary of State Sullivan. Hmm. My commission is Secretary of State will terminate at midnight, March the 31st. Is that to turn in his uniform? He doesn't have a uniform. A Secretary of State, he's you don't have a uniform. He's got a formal uniform. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. and he's got to turn in his badge and his gun. He doesn't he's have a badge force. and a gun. No more shoulder holster. Oh my God. No, here, this is what he had to turn in. What is most important is to ensure an orderly and smooth transition oh boy. during nope. a time the country it. continues to oh. face significant policy and national security challenges. Oh, big times, you you know. You know what happened. You know, here's a Texas oil man. He becomes Secretary of State, and then he gets lots of information about what's going on in the world. He's going, holy, you know what? Mm -hmm. So that's what he's doing. He said, I'm out of here. And guess what? This other, this, uh, you know, Prince Orangehead is still in charge. And, uh, oh, my God, that's why he's choking out. That's why he's getting emotional. He He knows what the hell's going on. Before he became Secretary of State, he knew business. But now he knows all these other machinations and things happening around the world. He's going, oh, God, we ought to be nervous. Well, Jim, Mike Pompeo should be no stranger to the geopolitical scene as director of the CIA, one-time Tea Party congressman. He is now tapped to take over 
for Tillerson. Here is Chuck Schubert talking about the change. Will he be tougher on Russia? Will he encourage the president to be tougher on Russia? Mm. So there are a lot of unanswered questions. So, you know, they they say the president (laughs) likes to align himself with people who more think like him. So what will he do? I don't know. know. Will he be golfing? Will he go to Mar-a-Lago? We don't know. Let me give you more Schubert. I know you like hearing Schubert's voice. Yeah, he's great. The way he did it once again indicates the chaos in this administration, the inability to have a center, the inability to have a consistent policy. There you go. Perhaps have a bagel for lunch. Mm-hmm. In the world and here in America. I mean, I've never seen a presidential administration so basically disorganized, at war with one another, creating such huge problems. I'll tell you exactly what's going on in my observation. He my wants son. to surround himself with as many yes men, better yes men than he had there before, because he, he views himself as, a, as, you know, kind of getting close to being a dictator. He made that comment the other day about the leader of China, you know, being the leader for life. He loves this dictator in Turkey, you know, doesn't have a bad thing to say about Putin. So he surrounds himself with yes men before you know it. Then, then he says to himself, everything that I do, it's all my call. Because every every person I pick now is going to be have their nose right up my ass. Oh boy! I want to I want to be surrounded by sycophants and lick spittles and uh, yes men and uh, whatever I say goes with absolutely nobody arguing uh, otherwise. I think that's that's my view of it. Thank you, Mike. No, Wallace. thank you. Well, the president, for his part, was in California yesterday. California. I love him there. Oh boy. Well, I don't know if you saw this. This was I did. unbelievable. What was unbelievable? Well, somebody described it as he was looking at those prototypes of this yeah, the wall, wall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, look, he was looking for drapes for a casino, and he kept saying, see-through, see-through. I want it to be see-through. And doing this weird hand gesture, see-through, see-through, see-through. Yeah, he wants it see-through. It was, it was the oddest uh, delivery of, of any kind of... Like a plexiglass wall? Yeah, and then he's talking about Mexican, uh, they're great climbers, these uh, Mexican climbers. Yeah, and see-through. uh I don't know if it was Kimmel or somebody commenting, oh, well, we're building a wall because we have a problem with Mexican mountain climbers. I mean, what is that? <laughs> It was bizarre. <laughs> His comments, it looked like he was shopping for drapes. At, yeah. Yeah. Looking at the different prototypes. Well, you know, it was, a, uh, it was, I mean, because he didn't need to go there to look at these no. pieces of wall. It was definitely the photo op because at one point in the beginning, you see, like, someone rush into the picture Tap a uh, a border patrol agent on the shoulder and tap, and then you know he took two steps back because he was blocking the view of the camera where the president was talking to uh, someone else, oh, and this guy was kind of blocking that scene. So they asked, "Please step back, baby. You're in our you're in our shot. You're in the shot. Here's the president. Yeah. Oh boy! If you don't have a wall system, and you're gonna have we're not gonna have a country. <laughs> There's a lot of problems in Mexico. They have a lot of problems over there. <laughs> oh, here we go. Go back to that one. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, that worked so well for you last time. Uh, you know, when he, he accused Mexicans of being yes. this and that, it was like, come on. Mexican rapist mountain climbers. <laughs> Loser. Oh, he's, a pip. he's a pip, isn't he? Holy cattle. Yeah. Mm. There he is. There's a lot of problems in Mexico. Oh, they have a lot of problems over there. Here we go. And they have the cartels, and the cartels, we're fighting the cartels, oh. and we're fighting them hard. Nobody ever fought them like we fought them. Oh, sure. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what is he saying? saying? It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> oh. I love, I love like, when he just talks off the top uh, of his head. Oh, that's the that's It's the cartels. 
You know where the cartels get their guns? Where? Here. They come into the United oh, States to buy guns. Not if we have that wall. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's see-through. Good and luck. it's see-through. And well, it's see-through. You're going to be able to see-through on a concrete. No, see-through. And then uh, steel, and very high. And uh, but I get to see through. You got to see through there somehow. We have the best wall the, uh, and see through. And he does this hand joke motion that is bizarre. You want to cut down on illegal immigration? Sure. Fix the X-ray machines at the border checkpoints. There's did you plan. see that sixty minutes report? No, I didn't see. Yes, that. I did. Oh, Eighteen wheelers. Uh, they're coming in on eighteen wheelers and. The one where that uh, the truckload with with a hundred people in the back, you yeah. know, their uh-huh. X-ray machine was broken that day, and I think Scott Pelley did the report. The Stop. day they were there, that X-ray machine is broken, where they can actually scan the back of these trucks. But there's just such a large volume of vehicles coming in. That's why they, they're going to do away with NAFTA. Mm. About time. Yeah, because NAFTA opens the and NAFTA essentially opened the border, mm-hmm. the borders, Canada and Mexico as well, to allow all the all these goods to be transported back and forth. And uh, unfortunately, along with that, they're bringing, uh, yes. if you want to call them illegals or human beings from uh, from Mexico and, and Central America. Mm-hmm. Well, the president was speaking from California, long-time Democratic stronghold yeah, led by say. a Democratic governor, Jerry Brown, recently at odds with the federal government over them implementing, implementing immigration laws mm-hmm. and Justice Department and Jeff Sessions and Jerry Brown going at it. And so the president, while in town looking at walls, also was in Beverly Hills for a fundraiser, but did take an opportunity to take some shots at the California governor. Governor Brown's done a very poor job running California. They have the highest taxes in the United States. Uh, the place is totally out of control. <laughs> California, <laughs> totally out of control. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the world's sixth largest economy. Yeah. The world. The, the world's world. yeah. sixth largest economy. Economy, it's out of control. Yeah, <laughs> out of control. He's he's a, he's a bit of a loose cannon himself. So out of control. I hate him so much. If they have natural disasters, I refuse to acknowledge oh, it. That's it's what out of last control. Time. I mean, well, you know, just you know, take a look around. It's just out of control. Mm-hmm. That's okay, Jim. A boob. He may take his mind off the wall and Jerry Brown because he has to focus on a space force. We're getting a space force. Okay, okay. My new national strategy oh, for space recognizes that space is a war-fighting domain. A war-fighting domain. I have a, I have a feeling makes... I, he's not finished here. No. <laughs> We're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was oh. not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Maybe oh, we'll have God. to do that. That could happen. That could We're happen. doing a tremendous Here's amount. Here's the deal. I think seriously. Yeah, I could pull I, a skunk out of my ass. That I, could happen too. I think we're getting an insight. I think this is honestly seventy-five to eighty percent of his ideas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not really serious. And then I said, "What a great idea! Maybe we'll have to do that." Not really serious. And then you know, it's like, yeah. and now it's the law of the land. People are buying this. <laughs> okay, it's we're gonna be, keep going with this. It's got to be see-through, though. It's got to be see-through. You know, he's gonna have his military parade. Just no tanks on Veterans Day. Yeah. That's the plan now. I think it's thirty to fifty million dollars. I think they were calculating every homeless vet could, be, could yes. be fed uh-huh. with the money yeah, he's going to invest a lot into of, a uh, vets who yeah. have uh, you know who are in need in he's this country. Uh, well, going to show up for that. I don't know, Jim. Over in Texas, let us not forget there is still a a bomb 
delivery guy, I guess, yeah. leaving package bombs. Oh. Three of them so far, two deaths, another uh, more injured. However, they've upped the reward to a total of $65,000. Here is Austin Police Chief Manley uh, talking about the new reward. And in addition to the $50,000 reward that has been put forward, we want to thank the governor for putting forward a $15,000 reward already, again, leading to an arrest in this case. What's so, this all about? So uh, uh, three different packages left that explode, and they say quite powerful devices. Yeah. Uh, a a guy in his people, right? 30s, a yeah. uh, little over a week ago, a 17-year-old kid on Monday, mm-hmm. Uh, the woman in the room also injured, uh, a, a, a grandmother injured as well. And so they're not sure. They're still kind of piecing it together, but they say they're definitely related. Now it's up to a $65,000 reward Jeez. there. Uh, Jim, let's move on. Texas, now that's out of control. <laughs> Went to, I was going to bed. I was thinking, oh, my phone lit up as I was like just drifting off to sleep. Doing my now I lay me's and my phone yes. lights up and I oh, your prayers. put my glasses on, see what it is, put God on hold, look at my phone, figure this is the election results. But no, it was the news that announced that Stephen Hawking oh, uh, passed yeah. away. Yeah. I don't have much positive to say about motor neuron disease, but it taught me not to pity myself and to get on with what I still could do. Mm. I am happier now. Than before I developed the condition. There he is talking about his disease. British theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking died at the age of 76. I think he'll get a bigger obit in the New York Times as opposed to the Uber fashion designer. Givenchy. If he doesn't, I'm never reading the New York Times again. <laughs> it's Hubert Givenchy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come yeah. On. Great. He made dresses. This guy is a theoretical Smarty physicist. Pants. Whatever that yeah. means, I know it's important. Yeah, but yeah. how many people physics. were working for him? Yeah, I don't know, but he had a movie about him too. It was a good movie. Can't it was wait a good for movie. The Givenchy movie. Not happening. You want to finish on a, on a positive? It's okay. up to you. It's your bit. Uh, here we go. Better well, Jim, this is the part where you get to vote. Oh, I like. Who this. said it best? It's a late night trio. We know Jimmy Fallon is leading the others yes. this year. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien, James Corden, all competing for the point on who said it best on the topic of President Trump firing Rex Tillerson. Today, President Trump announced on Twitter that he fired Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. People said, "Can you believe that he was so disrespectful to a Secretary of State?" Then Hillary Clinton said, "Yes, actually, I, I can." <laughs> Today, President Trump, get this, he fired Secretary of State Rex Tillerson on Twitter. <laughs> he fired him on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense when you consider that Trump hired Tillerson on Tinder. That's how they met him. Here's the craziest part. Initial reports said that Rex Tillerson found out he was fired over Twitter. <laughs> because apparently a Snapchat story just wasn't presidential enough. Mm. I know Fallon got a good oh, point to he's Fallon. Oh, where's Kimmel? Where's Kimmel? Kimmel had a good routine last night. He's uh, never in it. That's why he doesn't he's get points. He's never in it. Never in it. He hasn't been in it once. Right. He's had no points. Him and Samantha B. Uh, yeah. yeah. Even Trevor Noah got a point this year, but nothing for Kimmel. Yeah. All right. So Jimmy All right. Fallon. Fallon he gets it. He needs to bring up. Fallon the gets money. the point. Bring the got funny. better writers. That's the way it goes. Just saying. Let's see if we have anything for Kimmel on this. I don't know, Jimmy. I know you're a big fan of the Kimmel. I like the Kimmel. I like Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Of all of them, I like him the best. 
It well, it wasn't Kimmel who won last year's. Uh, no, it was Conan O'Brien. It was, and we're still waiting for his uh, an update, Mister Pinkman, on his invitation to join us on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, busy, Pink, Pinkman doesn't have to worry about Dan Rather now. Yep, true. Yeah, that was that appearance has been canceled. canceled. I'm sorry about that. I, I know he's one of your favorites, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Kimmel. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson this morning, out of nowhere, learns he'd been fired by from a tweet. Trump tweeted, Mike Pompeo, director of the CIA, will become our new Secretary of State. He will do a fantastic job. Thank you to Rex Tillerson for his service. Gina Haspel will become the new director of the CIA and the first woman so chosen. Congratulations to all. <laughs> I guess including Rex. <laughs> Congratulations. That's how we found out from the tweet. Donald Trump spent more time firing Little John than he did firing the Secretary of State. Well, there you go. Okay, I'm taking that away from Fallon, giving the point to Kimmel. Kimmel gets the point. Oh, wait, that Little John thing? You like that Little John thing? Because he was what? Oh, yeah. No, she doesn't even like the far side. So, yeah, yeah. Kimmel gets the point. Take it away from Fallon. Thank you, Jack. Good job, Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Check of the news. Now we're talking about humor. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. A Canadian doctor who wrecked his rare Ferrari is citing his sense of dignity as the reason the public auto insurer should cover close to $1 million. Oh, I tell ya, you need to lay off the Tim Hortons, Jerry, they make ya too crazy, you betcha. Next, a former porn star who graduated from Duke is off to New York Law School. A true story of just trying to work her way through college. Good for her. Finally, Bodie McBoatface, the now famous yellow submarine, has survived its mission in Antarctica. I wonder if it picked up any Beatles or Blue Meanies along the way. Headlines were brought to you by Filutowski Cataract and LASIK Institute. Go to myvisionfreedom.com. And transmission. Philip's file for this Wednesday. We'll talk with Scott Maxwell later in the program. A lot of ground to cover. Right now, let's settle this thing about uh, subs, grinders, hoagies, hoagies oh, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Hoagies. And because Mo. Mm-hmm. I guess Her I made a critical was, mistake. Husband was running uh-huh. uh, late this past weekend, uh, yeah. so he said, "Can you stop by uh, Publix and uh, pick up a, a sub?" And I went this and this and this yeah, on yeah, yeah. And so she got one, and he uh, he unwraps it, and it's a whole wheat, whole wheat roll. It's a whole wheat. Sub. And I it's said that vi- that violates every every no. rule. It was fresh. Related to they had just made to them. hoagies they to were subs to. Done. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, Publix. No. It just no. It's like it's like putting pineapple on a pizza. There's uh-huh. a clear violation. I oh, know that people good. like it, but if you took a if you went to Publix and said, "By the way, what's the percentage of people who want their subs on the standard white bread sub okay. roll?" You know, maybe as a there's mother, a taste as, difference. You know, oh yes, a, there is. As a mother of children, I, I I shied away from and always have shied away from white bread. I don't know that we ever had white bread in our Nerds. house. Okay, so. Uh, you know, that kind of junky, like lack of a nutrient kind of bread has never been in my house. So when people give you an option of white bread, which to me is junky bread, or <gasps> whole wheat bread, 
I'm going to pick whole wheat every single time. And boy, did I get a pile of it. Good. For, you know, like, I <laughs> Good. mean, Smart. a pile of exactly. poop because I got a whole wheat sandwich versus a you know, junky white bread sandwich. It is sandwich. a sandwich. It it's is a, a sandwich, but sandwich. we refer to it as a sub. And when you get a sub, you know, yeah, if you get sub. a uh, Philadelphia cheesesteak, are you going to get it on whole wheat? Good God, no. Not Hell at Cappy's, no. that's for sure. Well, you're not going to get it anywhere that I'm aware of I because know, they know saying. better because nobody wants that crap. Yeah, it's cardboard bread. If you, you know, they make multigrain bread, they make uh, whole wheat bread, they make all kinds of bread. And if you, why would you choose the empty nutrient bread roll instead For of taste, one that has, it's good. No, because it's taste. It, it's not. It's taste. It's, it, you're not six. You know, peanut butter and jelly where you have white bread, you have to cut off the I'm itch. not six, but I know my taste and uh, I want a regular white sub nope. roll. Grilled well, cheese is better with white that's bread. That's true. I have Thank been, you. I've been trapped into doing grilled cheese because I don't have whole, uh, white bread in my house. So my kids think that that's normal grilled cheese. You can make French oh. toast with the whole wheat bread? I have because I don't put white bread in my house. You misled your children. They don't know, but I'm just saying. They grew up fine, smart, independent young women. They had whole wheat French toast. Big damn deal. I'm telling you mm. that if I'm given a choice between empty nutrient bread and oh, some- get out of Stop here it. for crying nope. out loud. Eat cake. On my birthday, I do. Yeah. All right. So there's nothing That's nutritious about cake. a special occasion, not a sandwich. Every day It's sandwich. a special occasion. He's getting ready for a soccer match for crying out loud. Oh. He's not sitting down at a formal dinner with the boss. Yeah. You know, it's just a sub. Oh, my God. Please, text us at realmobile 77031. Nah. I'd like to know the response from our audience about whether Who a sub, a hoagie, whatever you want to call yeah, it, sure. belongs on a standard white roll, standard sub roll, as opposed to a whole wheat Or sub multigrain roll. or something. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't say, what do you want again? No. Or what? That that was, uh, you know, I think it was fresh out of the oven. It was terrific. Boy, oh boy. No grace mm. at all. When I, you know, I went and got it. I ordered what he wanted. I put on what he said. Oh, it's I, very nice of okay. you. Just got the wrong thing. No, I didn't. No wonder he was upset. Oh, he was really fit to be tired. Did he punch anything? He didn't. But boy, oh boy, I think I had to make a promise that for the rest of my oh, life, until I drop dead, I should appetizing. never get whole wheat. I mean, if you're a sight eater, you look at something like that and you go, oh my Stop God, it. what are you doing to me? I just know, you get an Italian sub, if, oh, it's just so much better on the white bread. And when you... Thank you. I mean, and, you know and when that's healthy, what right? you anticipate... Yeah. I, mean, I, need I don't healthy. eat an Italian sub to be healthy, Mo. I don't eat I eat gabagool and, and, uh, and all the, you know, with all this ham and stuff. On, yeah. and, and I'd eat it to be healthy. Salam. Yeah. If you're going to eat healthy, yeah. you'd say, hey, uh, don't put any lettuce on there. Put kale on it. Yeah, yeah. kale. Or just get rid of gabagool. the bread and eat the salad instead. Gabagool. That's what I did. Like, Subs gabagool. are not meant for health. Yeah, you say, hey, no mayonnaise, that's bad, that's uh, loaded with calories, it's fat. no mayonnaise. Yeah, it's fat. That's right, it's all fat. But he say, hey, put mustard, no mayonnaise. No, he didn't. You he put the mayonnaise on there. You put the mayonnaise on there. Yeah, he said a whisper of mayonnaise. You didn't think about the, did you think, hey, maybe Everything no mayonnaise. Everything he said, I got him. You know, I got him the tomato and the whatever. You got him the, the, whatever. Got him the wrong bread. All right, listen, it <laughs> seemed very ungracious to me, just saying. You screwed up. No, I really you don't think with the so. man's Exactly, exactly. He didn't like the sandwich. He didn't want whole wheat. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to admit that yeah, maybe I should have known better and got him the white bread. I would you know, never I'm in gonna, a million I'm, years I'm going to argue bread. with him. You're, un, you're ungrateful because yeah. I got you a sub. I got you a sandwich. And you should and be now more you're grateful. Critical. Yeah. This is two strikes for you. What? You screwed up his steak on the grill? No, he screwed up my steak. Ah. Now it's evened out. 
Oh, so it was a vengeance thing. You can always, I don't understand. You could that always put the steak him. back on the grill if it wasn't done, if it was too rare. Did yeah. you put it back and on there? I, I said, you know, also the ends were done, but the middle was raw. So, yeah, I mean, I ate the ends, and then he... Well, say so you can put the steak back on the grill, but you can't take the sub back. Yeah, that's true. I love that proverb. Yeah, it's in... Uh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, it's like 32 Somebody's nice enough to get to like lunch. That. John's 30, 31.4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 3-16. What is that one? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll just try to remember. I'll we'll try to remember. It. You're we'll right. I'll learn. I'll do my best. I'll try to remember. If you ask for another but, sub, are you, you going to get him a whole wheat? You're going to get him a whole wheat sub? You're not going to get him a whole wheat no, sub. I did ask him how he would feel about multigrain. I got a stink eye when I asked that question. <laughs> I think that multigrain. It, multigrain. Yeah. They make lots of different breads at this no. Publix that I go to. White. Oh, stop! But you know, healthy. Let the healthy. guy just eat something that you know he enjoys uh-huh. without worrying so much about the healthy thing. I, I find it's that, just a sub. If he's eating, maybe four he's of trying them, to shorten his life. Why he, take that away from him? If he's uh, eating four of them a day, is. maybe yeah. there's like, hey, you know, right. maybe you know, we do a little. Whole wheat. Yeah. Every once in a one out of one out of four, it's a whole, we go whole wheat. Multigrain. Yeah, sure. <laughs> They make all kinds. They make Asiago. They make this Ooh, and that. No, that's good. No, I wanted the standard sub roll, the one oh, that has sure. no nutrition, no nutrition, cal- and a lot of calories that really soaks up the oil <laughs> and, and the soaks vinegar. up the right. vinegar Thank and you. soaks up uh-huh. the mayonnaise and whatever else you oh, put on there. God. And really makes the meat stand out yeah. because the bread has no taste. Mm. And don't make it a wrap. No, I don't like wrap. That smells now, funny. That said, you're right, it does. That said, I'm giving up carbs. See, then you can't have any bread. I'll just scrape the stuff off into a paper bag. Yeah, Wait, salad so- style. Yeah. Mm. Still no whole wheat. Still better. How about getting a lettuce wrap? They make subs with oh lettuce wrap. Oh, my God. How about we just oh, you know, wow. have something we enjoy eating? Not even worth it. you really no. done your man wrong. At that one place, there's a place, instead of bread. Yeah, what else are you eating at, uh, at pregame? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lots what else are you crack. guys going through at pregame? Are you sitting there saying, I don't want that. I don't want that. That's too creamy. Potato That's chips. Too... Yeah, okay. And, yeah, All sure. right. The guy can't have a regular sub. Just a regular sub. No, regular sub to me means on good bread. No, you got him at Ursat's sub is what you no, got him. You got him a fake. I got him on healthy bread. You got him a fake uh, sub. That's not true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Fake sub. Mm-hmm. That's Sad. fake news. It's the Phillips uh, File on Real Radio 104.1. To win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. From pockets full of nothing, I got nothing left to lose. Says uh, Jeff Bezos, the richest person on earth. He uh, just got a jump in his net worth of nearly $40 billion. Oh, then we mentioned uh, the other day his net worth is what, $139 billion? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Must be nice. I suppose. All, all of that started from him just trying to sell books online. What are you going to sure. do? Jeff, uh, Stephen Hawking has uh, passed away, of course. 
much loved, especially in the astrophysicist community. Mm-hmm. He was on an episode of Star Trek, I believe. Simpsons, too, I think. Also, mm-hmm. um, what's the one uh, with... Two... What's my line? No, 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 no. That was a good, that was, that was so a good two... I always liked that, what's my line. That was good. So that was Gary Moore? Oh, no, I think he was on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. What's Drew Gary? Wow, yeah. Oh, the wire. Well, for a while. No, it's two guys or something. What's it called? Um, two... Ironside. Two guys, two guys and a girl, girl. In a pizza shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Two guys, one sports show. Mm-mm. Jake and the Fat Man. No. Law and Order, Criminal Ironside. Intent. <sighs> so it's two guys. Yeah, it was Columbo. It's Starsky no. and Hutch. Oh, Mythbusters. No. No, no, oh, no. Oh, two guys, it's, Abbott it's... and Costello. <laughs> Damn it. Three Stooges minus one. No. Lewis and Martin. Nope. Martin and Lewis. Nope. Laurel and Hardy. Simon and Garfunkel. Maybe it's, is it How I Met Your Mother? Paul no, Oates. it's where they're like kind of nerds, these two nerdy guys. It's not How Jan I Met Your Mother. Jan and Dean. Your mother. Stop it. Now I'll never think of it. Oh, for God's sake. Forget <laughs> uh, it. Oh, yeah. He has a sense of humor, and I saw it this morning, and it was a great clip from two. Yeah, Betty and Hoffman. Some kind of two guys. It was two guys or something. Oh, are you sure it's only two guys? No, it's not two guys. Maybe it's three guys. Is it? Oh, three guys now. Oh, Kingston oh, Trio. Uh, oh, oh, three Stooges. What is it? I know what you're talking about, but I'd rather you figure it out. It's something to do with two guys, right? Or three guys? Or There's multiple oh, no, Don't let it go so easy. Bonnie and Clyde. What? No, it's two guys. Oh. Three that, guys, I mean. That's one guy, one girl. Five guys, burgers, and fries. Stop it. All right, what is it? Put an end to so this. So two, three, or four, Mo. What is it? Oh, my gosh. It's the Big Bang Theory she's thinking Yeah, of. but those guys, those two weird guys, nerdy Johnny guys. Galecki oh, you're Jim awful Parsons. at this. I'm terrible. I know. You're going to be further. Two guys? <laughs> Isn't it two guys? How many guys are in it? There's like five guys. Oh, five guys. Girls. All right, five guys. Yeah, and a couple of girls. Well, I at only least. saw two guys on the clip they showed. Stephen Hawking was one and this other guy. Damn, Real Mobile is lightening up. It's five pages of Big Bang Theory <laughs> and one person saying Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> oh, damn it. Why didn't we think of that? Dang, damn. <laughs> hey, Jim, we have a, a... Check this out. It's a very special Wednesday on the Phillips file. Not one, but two chances to win a great prize. We're going to do it for closest to the pin. Okay. And again, for person, place, or thing. Mr. Pinkman, tell him. We, we have a pair of tickets to see Paul Simon's Homeward Bound the Farewell <gasps> oh, Tour at the Amway Center on September 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday. You can check realradio.fm keyword oh. tickets for more info. Since we mentioned Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, I so want to go see that. Paul Paul Simon. Simon. I've seen him at UCF. Oh, you should call in and play against Jim. Hey, thanks to Kelly for (laughs) dropping by. Uh, Kelly was our guest during the uh, first 40 minutes of the program. Every Wednesday now we're spending part of, if not the entire uh, hour, the first hour of the Phillips File 2. We're devoting our attention to the opioid and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. And uh, she was uh, she was a great guest. I mean, it was absolutely terrific, as all our guests have been uh, thus far. Yes. And see, we will uh, we will continue with this type of programming until we decide uh, decide otherwise. Uh, we're still trying to put some together some facts and figures. I I don't know where we stand now in the five county area when uh, as it relates to um, heroin heroin overdoses and abuse and uh, addiction. I think I saw Sheriff uh, Mike uh, Chitwood who's the sheriff of Volusia County, on the news last night. is just flipping around, and I think they had a big drug bust up there. Mm. And I think he had mentioned that last year alone, they had over 100 drug overdose deaths in Volusia County alone. What? 100 deaths. Uh, I don't know if he put out the figure of 
overdoses that they responded to. But nationwide, they believe anywhere from, I've seen different facts and figures Mm -hmm. put forth by different organizations, anywhere from maybe 90 to 130 uh, citizens, Americans, are dying every day from a drug overdose. That's not not just the responses to overdoses, but this is uh, uh, deaths attributed to either pills or uh, or heroin or some other kind of narcotic. It's a very serious wow. problem. It's occurring here in Central Florida. I don't know if it's any better, any worse, but it is occurring here in Central Florida as it is across the nation. So we're just trying to focus our attention on this. Mm-hmm. We will not talk to politicians until we're down the line because all they want to do, it's been my experience after all these years, they just want to focus on what a great job they're doing in addressing this problem. This is the same thing today with the Parkwood uh shooting march today where high school kids uh, all across the nation you know they uh, demonstrated um for stricter gun control by and large and mounted demonstrations all across the nation leaving school at a particular point in time and the mayor of orlando and the mayor of orange county and i you know they are out there today i saw on tv there you got the politicians they're up there at the microphone at the podium and when I look, there's Bernie Sanders, and there's one of the Trump. senators from Connecticut. I'm God. You can't, you can't. You get them. You get a crowd, the microphone, and a politician. They just got to get in there. Yeah, we're behind you. We're with you. We're doing blah 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 blah. Now on the local level, I just bring this out for observation. Uh, you had the mayor of Orlando, the mayor of Orange County, at a rally or a demonstration, whatever you want to call it today. And I'm thinking, okay, that's fine, that's good. But what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Other than that, because you have possibly more power to say, at least behind the microphone, we need to do something about a state law that prevents us, the city of Orlando or unincorporated Orange County, from passing our own laws as they relate to uh, as they relate to firearms. We can determine we should be able to determine for ourselves whether we're the mayor of Orlando or Belle Isle or Castleberry Castleberry or whatever to determine for ourselves what kind of laws we want in our community as they relate to firearms. But there is a state law that was passed, I believe, in the early 1990s that Marion Hammer, the NRA's lobbyist in Tallahassee, put together a state law that prevents any municipality in the state of Florida from doing, if you want to call it their own thing, as it relates to firearms. The sale of firearms, a ban on assault weapons, or for all, you, for all I know, maybe they say, we want an assault weapon, we'll give them away free. What? You know, but it'd be, you know, they always talk about home rule. You know, these legislators and the governor, they always talk about home rule. Home rule essentially means we're going to allow the school boards and the city councils and the county commissions to decide for themselves Mm -hmm. what they believe is important to accomplish in their own communities. And we will rely on their wisdom and give them the power to decide for themselves what they think is, is, is best for their own communities. Until it comes to this, of course. Well, really, when it comes to anything. But when it comes to firearms, because what was happening is you saw more and more communities in the state of Florida say, we'd like to take a look at this and maybe address this issue, maybe not do anything, maybe do something. And it was the NRA, you know, pulling the strings of the puppets in the state legislature, said, we need a law, you need to pass a law, and uh, sign, and sign, and I think it was Jeb Bush at the time who signed it into law saying, 
local municipalities and counties will not have the legal authority to pass anything mm-hmm. related to firearm safety. Just can't touch it at all. Can't touch it at all. So where was the mayor of Orlando on this? Where's the mayor of uh, unincorporated Orange County on this? Where were, this at? where were they after the Pulse Massacre? They didn't say boo about this either. You know, they get out there and say, we all have to band together, and we're all one family, and we're all trying to do a great job. They do all that. You know, they do, they, they do a great job in the boo-hoo stuff. You know, let's have let's have the kumbaya. Let's all give each other a big hug, and we're all one community, and let's stand together and yakety-yakety-yak. But when push comes to shove, you have every right to say, well, what else have you done lately? You know, uh, if I was a news director, like I used to be, I'd say, you know, if I was a television news director, stick a microphone in their face and say, well, what else are you going to do? You think that the city should have the power if it wants to, to regulate the sale of assault weapons within the city of Orlando, they'll, get, they'll pivot, of course. But they say, well, what you don't understand is that there's a state law that prevents Yeah, but I didn't ask that question. If there wasn't a state law, would you move for the city of Orlando to ban the sale of assault weapons or have a three-day waiting period, yakety, 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 yak? That's what you're supposed to do, I think. Anyway, get a little bit. Okay, let's stick. Let's not get in the weeds, Jim. Let's not get too far in the weeds. It's easy. The parades, the marches, the demonstrations, that's easy. When a lot of what they say, if you listen closely, it's just vacuous. It's empty. It's banal. We're with you. Yes, they say that. We, we have your backs. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being so engaged. You are the future of America. All of that is true. What you say has power and meaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are here to support you thank you for coming out thanking thank you for speaking blah 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 it's the phillips file on real radio 104.1 and now the phillips file presents a game that is not about being right or wrong wrong it's a game that rewards the lucky hey everybody we're all gonna get late it's a game where you just have to be close that's right you've got that right the game is closest to the pin let's go while we're young and now here's your ever excited host jim phillips why that's right time for that regular round of closest to the pin coming off of, was a loss yesterday maybe can't remember. I believe so. It was either a loss or a win. Okay, either or. Oh. Sounds good to me. It was a loss. I'm playing against Bob. Javier is the backup. Bob. I will move to the soundproof booth. And Mr. Pinkman, what's the prize? Uh, it is still that pair of tickets to see Paul Simon at the Amway Center on September 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at all Ticketmaster outlets. You can find more info at realradio.fm keyword tickets. A great prize. Uh, it's so great. We have two to give away. One for person, place, or thing at the end of the program. One right now for closest to the pin. And it's around, written up by Brad, co-producer for All Gaming. And it's titled, Simon Says. Hmm. So let's get Bob on the line. Hello, Bob. Hey, man. What's up? Ready to play? I'm ready. You've got a great prize on the line and a great category before you. Facts and figures about Paul Simon it's entitled Simon Says. You ready to go? Let's do it. All right. Going to reset the clock for you and begin in three, two, one. Simon Says, hey, Art, you want to form a musical duo? Sure. And Simon and Garfunkel was formed. What year was that? 
1965. They split in 1970, but reunited for a Central Park benefit concert in 1981. How many people attended? Mm, 125,000. How many Grammy Awards for Paul per his official website? 40. Paul went bohemian when he married singer Edie Brickell some 25 years his junior. What year was that? Mm, 1990. He is on his farewell Homeward Bound tour. He wrote that song in 1963 and later recorded it with Art Garfunkel and released it in this year. 1967. Time. Great job, Bob. Put you on hold. Got his time recorded. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just Are you nervous? No, Straight up. Am I no, nervous? No, you hex it. Yeah. You hex it when you say something. Yeah, you hex it. No, I'm not getting the tickets either way, so I'm oh, not nervous. But Paul Simon ticket. He's oh, coming to God. Orlando. Pretty cool, bro. They my go on sale Friday. Yeah. Winning them today. Yeah. Where's he playing? Dr. The Phillips? Amway Center. Oh, Amway. Holy right? cow. Yeah. At the Amway Center. That's yeah, a, bro. That's a, a Paul Simon. Paul Simon. That's a big deal. Tickets go on sale on Friday. Get them before you can get them or something. Win them before you can buy them. Thank you very much, Mr. Pinky. I was close. Get them before you can get them. That's right. See? (laughs) Oh, boy. Hello, Jim. Welcome back. (laughs) Who's he singer with now? Rather? No, he's not. What's the matter Uh, with you? Paul Simon. By the way, more on that later. I don't want to mix things up, but we do need to announce that. Uh, Simon Says is the name of the category sent by Brad, co-producer for All Gaming. Facts and figures about Paul Simon. Oh, my. Thanks, Brad, for the category. Great prize on the line. Jim, are you ready to play? Oh, sure. And we go in, reset the clock for you, Jim, and begin in three, two, one. Simon Says, hey, Art, you want to form a musical duo? Sure. And Simon and Garfunkel was formed. What year was that? 1965. They split in 1970, but reunited for a Central Park benefit concert in 1981. How many people attended? 300,000. How many Grammy Awards for Paul, per his official website? 15. Paul went bohemian when he married singer Edie Brickell some 25 years his junior. What year was that? 1996. He is on his farewell Homeward Bound tour. He wrote that song in 1963 and later recorded it with Art Garfunkel and released it in this year. 1960, 1970. Time. Okay, Jim, I have your time. However, I'm adding five seconds to your time as a handicap. Did you want to go anymore? No. Come on. No. All right. Oh, boy. Playing against Bob. I like that rhythm of the Saints album, one of the best ever. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm saying. That was the South African one? No, that was Graceland or something. That was different. Now, Rhythm of the Saints was really kind of Brazilian and African, mm-hmm. and it, it's a terrific album. Wasn't I there? think. Oh, right. Okay, Jim, ready to grade this? We'll play one of the songs for a drive home. Yeah. UV Bob, Simon, and Garfunkel formed in what year? The duo's original name was actually Tom and Jerry, by the way. That's ridiculous. No, I'm not. Brad doesn't make that this is stuff up. True. What year were they for? Well, they both said 1965. Oh, the answer 1964. They each get a point. One and one. This guy's good. It's one and one. They split in 1970, reunited in 1981 for the infamous Central Park Benefit concert. Yeah. Uh, How many attended the estimated crowd was what, according to Bob? 125,000. Jim? 300,000. 500,000. Jim gets the point. That's a lot of people. It's two to one. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, according to the official website for Paul Simon, how many Grammy awards for uh, the singer low. and songwriter? Too low. Bob said? 40. Damn Jim, it. 15. 12. Jim gets Ooh, the point. See, oh you were too high. It's, yeah, three to one. He married Edie Brickell. Remember Edie Brickell in the New Bohemians? No. That was her band? Yeah, you know? Then we went into court, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother. She yeah. was 25 years his junior. Smacked they got married around. in what year? Bob said. 90. Ooh. Jim. 96. 92. Bob gets Damn the it, point. Bob. It's oh. All... No, it's not tight. No. It? Jim Three leads. to two? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bob, you better get this. Comes baby. down to this, Jim. If he, he gets this on the money, he wins outright. If he just wins the point, we go to time. Oh, boy. Any other outcome? Jim wins. That's right. Carmel, California. Points. Homeward Boyd. Bound. No, Homeward Bound. Written in 1963, later recorded with Art Garfunkel, released in what year? What do you say? Bob said. 67. That's a good guess. Jim said. 70. (laughs) If Bob gets this on the money, he wins. wins. All right, right. okay, go ahead and give it to him. 1966. Oh, Oh, by a year. He gets the point. It's tied up. Ties the game. We go to time. Oh, I got him on time. Easily. Bob had 59 seconds. Jim, with your handicap, 45.7 seconds. Sorry, Bob. Jim, he was off by a year. You win the game. The backup gets the prize. I'm sorry, Bob. I should feel bad for you, but I don't don't. really. No, you really Not too much, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. And once again, they're yelling across Metro Orlando. I'm the champion. I am the greatest. I will win. I can't lose. I win. Is there no one on this planet to even challenge me? Remember, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and closest to the pin. Well, Bob did not win, but we invite him and every other listener to try and play Person, Place, or Thing at the end of the program for another pair, and our only other pair, of tickets to see Paul Simon when he comes to town on September 11th at part of his farewell Homeward Bound Tour. Groovy. Tickets go on sale Friday. How do you think he looks? Probably like Paul Simon. No, yeah. I, when I saw him at the UCF, uh, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago, he looked like an old Jewish man, and then I realized that's because he's an old Jewish man. You oh, know? Well, so, he looked like an older Jewish man. Now. That's right. That's exactly correct. Maybe he wears shorts, you know, madras shorts and black socks. And <laughs> that little so. straw hat, he you know, so, like you see him, used to see in Miami Beach. It was three hours of nonstop hits. You knew every word to every song. It was, this is, of course, the, the, sound, catalog. the soundtrack of my life, you know, whatever kind of thing. It was super good. So I would, I mean, please, bucket list. If you haven't ever seen him, this is his last go-round. Totally good. Tell me when Clapton comes back to town. We'll talk with Scott Maxwell in a few minutes. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Check of the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. A blind Irish runner broke her second Guinness World Record after running 81 miles on a treadmill in 12 hours. I the lass is proper mental, but she's full of heart. Next. An Alabama man is being charged with arson after trying to kill a cockroach in his apartment lobby with fire. This never ends well. The cockroach outsmarts the human every time. Finally, police found a man's pot plants he was growing after they showed up for a potential domestic disturbance and he willingly let them in. Turns out there was no disturbance and he is in a lot of trouble now. Who would have guessed a guy growing weed in his apartment would be dumb? Huh. (laughs) Headlines were brought to you by the free iHeartRadio app. And transmission. That's right. And you get to take the Phillips file and all the other shows on Real Radio with you wherever you go if you download that iHeartRadio app right now. 
You get to take us in addition to all your favorite music anywhere you go. Just go to the App Store on your smartphone, type in iHeartRadio, tap Get, and it's on your phone. All you have to do is open it up and uh, listen to us. Go ahead and download our free iHeartRadio app right now. Coming up next on this Wednesday edition of The Phillips File, a conversation with Scott Maxwell. From the... Simon from the album Rhythm of the Saints that came out what, 30 years ago, maybe a little bit yeah. longer. It's no, you can call me Al. But. Scott Maxwell writes the Ticking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. And every Wednesday at this time, we talk to Mr. Maxwell to see what he's writing about, what he's thinking about. Please welcome Scott Maxwell back to the program. Hello, Mr. Maxwell. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? That, that sounded like the intro to an NPR segment. <laughs> yeah, right? in a way, they probably use that. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that at all. i got a lot of ground to cover today. First yes, of sir. all, tell the audience a great column the other day. I think it came out, what, Sunday? Uh, uh, Tuesday. Monday. Monday. Monday, excuse Monday. me. This is the case in Seminole County uh, yeah. regarding an individual who has murder conviction overturned by the state Supreme Court. It's going back to retrial. And just kind of fill the audience uh, into this, because uh, somewhere along the line, it seems to me, something is askew. Yeah, and if you'll indulge me, I'll tell a little bit about how the story happened. Okay. So this was back in 2004 or five. There is a, a gruesome murder up in Seminole County, up in Altamont Springs. There is a grandmother and her daughter who are living together. Grandmother is wheelchair-bound and is found stabbed twice to death. Uh, her daughter is found stabbed 129 times. To death, mm-hmm. uh, obviously bloody, obviously gross. Uh, the police zero in on a guy who lived next door, an, uh, a, a, a Honduran uh, who was not here as a documented uh, citizen, working as a prep cook. His bloody footprints were all over the uh, trailer, and at one point in time, the women's uh, granddaughter, the, the the older one and the, the granddaughter and the younger one's daughter, uh, said, "That's the guy. He's been creeping around our trailer." for a long time. In fact, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night to find that he had busted into our trailer and he was hovering over me and we told him never to come back. Well, it didn't take long for uh, jurors in Seminole County to hear all that story and decide that uh, he uh, he needed to be convicted. Now, what people didn't know or, or chose to overlook for part of it was he said, well, wait, 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 I was in the 
I was in the trailer, but I, I uh, went over there to visit and uh, discover the dead bodies, tried to resuscitate them, and I'm an illegal immigrant, so I left, and I got scared. I've never broken into their uh, thing before, but Jerry said, yeah, you know what, whatever, uh, we're convicting you. He got sentenced to death, and that's been 10 years. However, over the course of those 10 years, the daughter, the one who testified, the one who said he'd broken in to uh, the trailer, confessed to killing both her mother and her grandmother. She mm -hmm. did not confess one time. She confessed five times to four different people. Mm -hmm. said, I used to go into rages. I went into a rage that day. I killed my mother. I killed my uh uh, grandmother, and uh, and after people started hearing it, they said, hey, cops, uh, you know, she's confessed, so we need to get him off death row. They, they did not immediately, so uh, the his defense attorney said, okay, well, I guess we need to go file a formal motion. You know, we, we now have somebody else confessed to the crime. The only person who actually testified that he was there, that story about him hovering over the bed, is the woman who now says she's the one who actually did it. Right. Uh, so they take this to Judge Jessica Rexiedler in uh, Seminole County, and they say it's uh, time to toss this case out. Uh, Judge Rexiedler gives it some thought and says, no. And uh, I, I think ever the jury would have come to the same conclusion. And much of America's legal community becomes baffled at this point in time. Okay. Uh, they said this, this isn't really – you know, that convoluted, you have someone else who said they did it, and they've said they did it uh, many times. So they went to this, they appealed her decision to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court unanimously, and, I, and that's, worth, that's worth stressing. They unanimously overturned Rex Liedler's decision. That means there was no split. It didn't, there was no Republican versus Democratic appointed justices. They all looked at it and said, you, you passed a big crock judge here, and uh, this, this guy should not have been convicted. It got overturned. Flash forward to this week. Uh, this man, uh, Clemente Aguirre, the prosecutor has decided to retry him. That's Phil Archer in Seminole County, but which is probably reason to have, you know, give you pause enough. But if if it's not enough, the part that's even more shocking is it is back in front of Jessica Rex, Judge Jessica Rexiedler, the woman who the Supreme Court said unanimously got it wrong. And in the meantime. Uh, while all this was going on, she took that case. She took that ruling where she denied uh, him a new trial right. and went to try to score a promotion for a higher judgeship and said, you want to see the kind of good ju judicial work I do? Take a look at this brief. So now she has a pretty vested interest in, uh, in proving that she was right, i.e. that he needed to be convicted. There is new evidence, however, is there not related to DNA concerning Mr. Aguirre's uh, blood and and the blood of the victim's uh, daughter and granddaughter? Correct. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Absolutely. There is absolutely new DNA evidence, and the DNA evidence found zero, zero drops of Clemente Aguirre, the man who was convicted for this. Right. Keep in mind, this is a murder that involves at least 131 stabs, 129 on one person, two on the other. I think a lot of experts would say it would be very hard to commit that kind of crime without that. So zero drops of his drop while there was blood of the daughter – granddaughter, the woman who confessed to it, and I think eight different places. So what's the upshot of this? I mean, I'm not quite sure why the state attorney's office wants to re redo this particular case unless there's something political about it, I suppose. But you would think, hey, the, the Supreme, we have new evidence. The Supreme Court has overturned the uh, the, uh, the 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 verdict, and uh, and they go in a different direction. I mean, what's 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 the purpose of this? Yeah, I'm not sure. I understand that. I, I don't get it. Archer did not want to uh, talk about that while the trial was going on. Mm. Although I think 
they have some belief that uh, he wasn't telling the truth. And in fact, uh, they may even have some evidence that he didn't tell a straight story about like how he handled the body when he claims he was trying to resuscitate. My take on that was all right. On that is so if you have like forensic evidence that proved he wasn't telling the truth about that, then you've got him for lying about touching a corpse. Right. Uh, that that's 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 a far cry from, from what they're talking about. And I don't think, unless there's some surprise, there is any other uh, you know a forensic evidence or witness testimony uh, that's going to do that's going to do that. I think it's hard for prosecutors, uh, especially in conservative places like Seminole County, uh, to 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 you know, have on their record that we let this guy go. Uh, for some people, I don't th- I don't think it's tough. If uh, uh, if you think you're doing the right thing, but the other thing that I have found in these cases, and once again, I don't know, but I've I've written a lot about convictions that get overturned, convictions where people are on death row for 20 years before science right. proves they didn't do it, and you get these investigators, and they just become convinced, they become obsessed that they're right, uh, and sometimes they're not evil, sometimes they're good people who just I think maybe they can't sleep at night thinking they wrongly sent somebody to death row, and I can't help but wonder if there's folks up there that are still just convinced come hell or high water or any evidence. So Judge, but, yeah, and Judge Rick Seidler has, uh, she, wants to, she wants to be the, uh, the lead judge in this particular case again. For what reason? You think, she said, well, I'm not getting anywhere near a case where the, a verdict was, a, a guilty verdict was rendered and overturned in my court. Because if it happens again... You are absolutely right. So, so it, in, in fact, uh, I didn't have this in my column because I hadn't spoken to him yet, but I uh, talked with a former chief judge, Belvin Perry, and I, I think most people would agree he is a pretty uh, respected uh, legal right. and uh, judicial mind in this community. And after I wrote that column, I said, Judge, i got to ask you something. Am I, am I off base here? And he said to me, Scott, there are complicated cases when judges get them, and they have to really weigh uh, on their mind whether they should recuse themselves uh, from a case or not. This is not a complicated case. She should be gone. And it is because she has a vested interest. She tried to use this ruling, this wrong ruling. We can't stress that enough. This really, really wrong ruling. It took the Supreme Court 22 pages to say all the things they thought she got wrong on this. Uh, she has a vested interest in proving it right because uh, she, she used it to try to score a judgeship. Though, by the way, as, as, as I know you remember, one little fun side detail on this, part of the reason she did not get that higher job was because she lied about getting a speeding ticket. She'd had a bunch That's of speeding right. tickets in the past. The people who are interviewing her said, have you gotten any recent speeding tickets? She said no. Not only had she gotten one, she'd gotten one on the way to that interview. <laughs> on the way to that interview, she'd gotten said, And so she ended up getting reprimanded yeah, right. uh, for that. But you know what? Everybody's got mistakes, what, whatever. Uh, there are some sh- maybe shades of gray on this. It's not a shade of gray that she shouldn't be on this. And what I can tell you is going to happen, the, cloud, the, the trial is going to continue to be tainted yes. with all sorts of absolutely legitimate questions, and she's given an absolute grounds for another appeal on a case that's already been going on for more than a decade. Correct. Let me move on. Uh, the mayor of Orlando, the mayor of uh, Orange County, showed up for some rallies today to show their support for, I suppose, if you wanted uh, you know, the Parkland uh, the Stoneman Douglas High School students, mm-hmm. as you know, all across the nation, this has been going on today. Uh, my observation was, is, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, probably not, but I, I think it, I, I just caution people who support the Parkland students and support that that effort to be very aware of politicians. Uh, the same thing was going on, I think, in Washington today. And I saw Bernie Sanders and the junior or senior senator from Connecticut get up there and. 
you know, they, 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 they want to grab a spotlight, mm-hmm. and, which, and I understand that, but that goes with the territory. But is it safe to say to the mayor of Orlando and the mayor of Orange County, well, what else have you done? What I mean, you, you do you meet with other mayors and say, we got to do something about this law yep. in the state of Florida that prevents us, meaning our municipalities, our cities and counties, from enacting any kind of law that we think is appropriate as it relates to firearms? Or do they just show up to get the spotlight? I think your question is uh, very astute and completely appropriate, and I don't know if it, what media was there, but I think more of them should have asked that question, because the question is, why are you here? Right. And then I presume the answer is to support the students, and then I say, no, 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 no. The only reason you have a microphone in front of your mouth or a camera on your face is because you are a policymaker. What policy have you proposed in the past, or do you plan to propose to deal with this issue that you are out here for? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, frankly, I think this Parkland, uh, the, the, the walkout today were pretty tightly related to gun control efforts. I mean, that's certainly what the students are talking about. Right. No more assault weapons, which once again are, is, is, is a, excuse me, I shouldn't say assault weapons, like high capacity weapons, uh, which uh, is widely supported by Republicans and Democrats. Uh, so I haven't ever heard Mayor Jacobs talk about any sort of these gun control, universal background checks, something supported by 90%. I haven't heard her talk about that. All of a sudden, her Facebook page, her Twitter stream today, and I posted about this right before I got on the phone with you, had, I think, 11 or 12 posts about with her hashtag, never forget, hashtag, listen to the student. I got to tell you, if I had to guess, Jim, I mean, it almost looked like she was... There's a school board chair position available, and all of a sudden there's. Oh no! Are we, are we doing? Are we doing this round robin thing in in, in Orange County again? That's all we do. We, we, we just it's like a yeah. They just circle around. I mean, Mina goes Musical to the chair. sheriff's department. The sheriff goes to the to the uh, county mayor's uh, position. The county mayor goes to the school board. Uh, Bill Sublet. I don't know where he's going. Same thing with the sheriff. For, but- yeah. The good news is, uh, Jim, you're going to be in for Bob Opsall. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah. anyway. You also had a, uh, you know, I got a couple of minutes, uh, you had a listing of successes and failures in the state legislature. It seems to me probably more failures than not. Tell me, what's your, what's your thought on why the legislature cannot pass a so-called ban on texting while driving when so many other states have. What's in play here? Is it the telecommunications industry that has a bigger stranglehold on the legislature than in other states? I, I don't get this. Everybody wants some kind of restriction on this. It's it's terrorizing driving around, seeing seeing people do what they do with their phones and driving. Yeah, this this one is not a complicated uh, topic. As you say, it's 40, I think 43 other states already have an outright ban. And for background for your listeners, uh, there is theoretically a ban that says you can't text while driving, but cops can't stop you for it right. unless they've stopped you for something else. So all that basically they're doing is say is make this enforceable. And uh, it's another thing that people have supported. Why hasn't it happened? I'll tell you, I think there's a couple reasons. But the primary one is there's no money in it. And I, that sounds crass, but there is no money in it for a legislator. Uh, dead kids don't have good lobbyists. Uh, parents who are worried yeah. about these things don't cough up campaign donations. Walmart walks into a hearing and says, you know what, I'd really like to be able to sell vodka next to Pampers. They will get that hearing 
lickety split because they've got all kinds of lobbyists and campaign donations. Mm-hmm. But when you just have average citizens saying, I'm worried about being killed, there's not a lot of money, so it drags on year after year. There's some, I guess, concern from the telecommunications industry, uh, but but it's passing 40 states, and there's not that much. I, I will say on the legitimate side, there are some black lawmakers who have some concern about racial profiling. They fear that cops are going to use texting while driving as an excuse to pull somebody over, to which I say they, they don't need another excuse. If you've got a bum cop out there, they can do it for a they can do it for a seatbelt, a busted taillight, for yeah. looking the wrong direction. Right. Uh, and, and and but more importantly, someone said, okay, if that's a concern, how about we we start documenting who gets pulled over? If we pass this law, every cop who pulls them, someone over for texting for driving has to 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 actually note the race of the person there. I like that idea. I'd actually like that idea for all crimes uh, we're doing. So some of the, and then you had a bunch of uh, re, uh, sort of uh, Republican senators go, oh, my black colleagues are very worried about this. Mm. So I don't think I can pass. And it just doesn't happen. And we're now on, uh, I think, year four of it not happening. And I say it's because there's no money behind it. All right, quickly. And because, people, and because they'll get reelected. Because we will wring our hands and we will say, gosh darn them. And then collectively, as the body politic, put the same people who've been there for eight years back and forth between the chambers back and forth. 30 seconds. Are we going to have daylight savings time year-round in the state of Florida? Uh, I sure did not think so. And then Marco Rubio went and filed yeah. a bill today. Uh, and I got to tell you, it's only going to take one year for when your, foot, your football game you want to watch uh, starts around 9.30 p.m. Or, uh, you, you know, you're wrapping up your uh, basketball game around 1, but which, by the way, is when the ball's going to drop if this thing happens. That's true. Oh, no. Now, we'll have it oh, yeah. 11 p.m. here. No, it's the other way. See, we're all confused. We don't... No, 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 we sprung forward. Now, they're going to fall back in the fall, Scott, so they're going to go an hour back, and we're going to stay forward. You're right. So, You're right on that see, one. See, that's Thank the you. case for not screwing yeah. around with this. Yeah. But right. Nobody's going to know. And keep in mind, it's just us. There are a lot of people who say, oh, let's get rid of daylight savings time, but they're talking about the nation. We're going to be our own little island of insanity. You're yep. going to take a drive from Jacksonville to Savannah and lose an hour and maybe get <laughs> it back if you go to Alabama. Uh, yeah, if I you do know. it fast enough, uh, you come back a year uh, younger. Yeah, that's right. You keep going back and forth. And, and also keep in mind, in the winter, you will not see the sun before 8.15 a.m. Uh, on any given time, which may, if you sleep late, what the hell do you yeah, care? Yeah, that's what I but say. If, but if you're a kid who's walking to school or, on the, uh, or standing on the side of the road or catching a school bus, virtually no one except for middle schoolers who start at 9.30 is going to be going to school in daylight, which is a concern. Good enough. What's coming up in the next column? Uh, I have got, yeah, bills that did not pass, some of which uh, needed to die, uh, is in tomorrow's paper. And then Sunday, I think I'm going to, I'm trying to put together something. I think the all the, the gross battles that we used to have, developers versus right. citizens, I think they're all back in full swing. There you go. Hey, thanks for joining us. Good job. My pleasure as always. Scott Maxwell, he writes the Ticking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. Shot Doctors in the studio. Shot Doctor casting call coming up next on Real Radio 104.1. To win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. From. Yeah, we're a couple of minutes behind schedule. Time for Shot Doctor Casting Call. Our good friend, the Shot Doctor from uh, what's that station again down the hallway? FM 96.9 The Game, Orlando oh, Sports Leader. What's going on? Don't yell into the microphone. Hi, I've mommy. got a bassy, a deep bassy baritone like voice. <laughs> oh, you've got something, all right. Sexy, I'm telling you that. <laughs> a deep bassy baritone like voice. That's oh. why I sound loud. All right, uh, what was the big story quickly? Two story today. 
Tiger Woods tomorrow at Bay Hill and March Madness, which actually begins at twelve fifteen tomorrow. What do you think? How do you think Tiger's going to do? They got a practice round today. Is that what's uh, going right, he, on? He played the pro am today, and, and he was and he was crushing the ball. Was he? Yeah, he, he's got his game on. He's got he's got a good a chance to win this tournament as anybody else. I think in the so field. too. I think I might lose a dollar on this. He, he, he's right. Up I think there. I might. Yeah. Because I think it's that mojo thing. I think that aura, and all yeah, of a sudden, yeah, yeah. because of his coming in second place last weekend, you know, his competitors are saying, "Oh, geez, man, he's got the juice again," and they get all nervous and start freaking out. He tees off tomorrow morning at eight twenty-three on tee box number ten. Okay, well, that's fantastic. Well, and then and hopefully he won't pull his back or you know, no, he's get always a got something. He's you know, he, he, one he's little right. thing, and he's no, out of there. He's, of a bit of a he's, he's got this look. Yeah. yeah, he's got this look. What look? He had the steely the eyes. Eye the of the tiger. Oh, okay. I get it. Ha ha, eye of the tiger. The stare. Yeah, he's, he's got that look. Yeah, he's an old man is what he is. He looks like he's Not losing a lot me, of hair. He is losing a lot of hair. He but, done know. lost that hair. He did? Oh. See, if I were him, I'd cut it all off. Should really make intimidate make everybody. Look scary, though. You know what I'm saying? But he has clubhead speed in excess of 125 uh, miles per hour, the highest on tour right now. Well, that's fine, as long as you can place the ball someplace. Oh, it's going straight. It's, it's going straight long, away. too. Oh, boy. Uh, he's on his A game. Yeah, okay. Want to make some bets? I don't gamble. Gentleman's bet? I don't, I don't, I don't make gentleman's bets, either. Your hands There's, are small. And my hands are powerful and compact. I didn't say that. I just said they're small. Powerful they're shrinking. And NCAA tournament. Will any of the uh, top seeds, one, two, three, four, make it to uh, win the uh, championship? Uh, no. I've got Duke winning the whole thing. And Duke, of course, not a one seed. I got one seed in Virginia. Where's Duke seated? I know. Xavier and Jim's going to lose that. Kansas. Duke is a very, very cool team right now. Where, where are they seated? You Duke, don't know? Duke come on, a, right up. Come on. Is, let's see. I'm trying to read, read my bracket right here. I'm going to make Duke a two or a three seed. What do you mean? You don't make them. What? All right, they're a two seed. They could have been a three seed, but they're, they're a two seed. Okay, they're, all right, they're a very good two do you, seed. You think Duke is going to take it all? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go Duke. All right, points. All right, the very important um, shot doctor casting call today. Casting call, of course, is I find a movie, then I take a scene from the movie, then we act it out on the air. Today it will be shot doctor and Mr. Pinkman. I think Jack has a line in there, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah, Jack has a line. We have a little bit of music as well. All we do is ask you to listen to the uh, scene and see if you can identify the movie. Then text us at Real Mobile seven seven zero three one. I told the shot doctor today this is if you can make it through this without any fumfering, without any mistakes, there's a very good chance you can win a Jimmy. Now, uh, being that I've won twenty five Jimmys in the past, I'm a veteran Jimmy winner like but as nobody the else. The director of this particular scene, if I have to say cut because something has gone wrong, nobody cuts the shot doctor. <laughs> I've probably cut you 75% of the time that we've done this. I'm that's, simply saying, you know, forget just, about it. We're not talking about the past. We're talking about now. Right. All right. So are you ready with this particular scene? I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready. And nobody cuts the shot, doctor. All right. Now, you look, wait. I want you to wait. For, t- don't say anything. Well, it'll be Jack who mm-hmm. will start. Mm-hmm. So, Jack, don't do anything until I give you the signal. I got oh, it. Absolute quiet on the set. This is very important. Muy importante. Cables are set aside. The lighting is absolutely perfect. The camera is on. It's rolling. Assistant director, action. Getting lost out here can be dangerous business, Jim. 
It's happened to people who've lived here all their lives. But I wasn't lost, Major. And I say you were lost. What were you doing for two days and two nights? Just riding around for pleasure? Mr. Leach, I knew exactly where I was all the time. You're a damn liar. You were the lostest looking thing I've seen in ten years. If it's a fight you want, you picked the right time for it, haven't you? Yeah, I'm offering you a fight. Or ain't that a nice word back east? You're gambling, Leach. You're gambling that if we fight, you can beat me. And you're gambling that if you beat me, Miss Terrell will arrive and admire you Cut. for it. Cut! What's wrong? What happened? What happened? Miss Terrell's arrive. not going to arrive. The word is admire. <laughs> I knew that. All right, can we start the music? And we'll start it from where you're gambling, Leach. Do we have the music? Yes. Ready and action. You're gambling, Leach. Oh, no, you wait for me to give you the cue. <laughs> cut! Nobody cuts cut. the shot, Doctor. I you just cut you twice. Ready, and the music, and action. You're gambling, Leach. You're gambling that if we fight, you can beat me. And you're gambling that if you beat me, Miss Terrell will admire you for it. Out here, we leave a lady's name out of an argument. But since you brought it up, let me tell you something. I think you took advantage of Miss Terrell when she was away from home. You look mighty big back there, but not out here. You're just not good enough for her, McKay. I aim to prove it right here. You aren't going to prove anything with me, Leech. Get this through your head. I'm not playing this game on your terms. Not with horses or guns or fists. Cut! My God, was I good. My God, was I good. I was so good that my skin is tingling right now. I, it, my skin right now is Watch is it there, comrade. Settle down. My God, was I good. Yeah, we don't want to think are. of that image. Uh-uh. I don't want to think of the shot doctor tingling. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, the guesses are coming in, Jim. Robo 77031, Gone with the Wind, no. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, no. Boogie Nights 2. Uh, Brad sends in High Plains Fumferer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Being John Malkovich, oh. uh, Wiener Magic, the Dr. Schwartz story, uh-uh. Fifty Shades of Grey, no. Brokeback Mountain, Debbie uh. Does Dallas, nope. Shot Doctor's Big Adventure, Star Wars. Everybody should know about the music. Uh, oh. Pillow Talk, Mulholland Drive, Blazing oh. Saddles, Lost World. Oh my, I don't think we really have a correct guess here. We don't. One of the great openings of movie history, The Stagecoach. Team of six horses leading a stagecoach. Up oh, Encino Man. No uh, Galaxy uh, Quest. Uh-uh. Encino. Mr. Big. Pinkman. The name of the movie. Ali. Nope. Oh, uh, okay. The Big Country. The Big Country with Gregory Peck, Charlton Heston. Never heard of it. I am Gregory Peck. <laughs> the music might be more lasting than the movie itself. My God, was I good, Jim? Although I, I am I, interested to see how this shakes out between Gregory Peck and Charlton Heston. They're uh, going to fight? It's or, a whole thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. All right. Uh, you got to watch. I think Gregory Peck was taller than Charlton Heston. I think Charlton Heston was pretty tall. 6'2 to 6'5. Gregory Peck was 6'5 in his prime. He played for Duke or North Carolina? Eh, Villanova. <laughs> Small forward. <laughs> With shifty feet. Oh, yeah. And a coach's mind, like I have. Yeah, a coach's okay. mind. Coach's uh, mind. Coach okay. Before I let you go, what's on tap for dinner tonight? Turkey wraps. Again. Sandwich, Thousand Island dressing, and a banana. That's it? 
Don't you get the munchies late at night? You know. No, what I've done, I've eaten a lot all during the day. Yeah. And so by this time, you cut back when you get home. So I, my smallest meal of the day is is always the last one. Yeah. See that the, the, smart move. The big meal. The big meal is between eleven and two. The first meal, which is cereal in the morning, is a pretty good sized meal. What do you have? Special K. Whole grain total. Skim Ooh. milk, Ooh. bananas, orange juice. Oh, okay. Okay. Sounds good. And a big meal from 11 to 2, then a small one at the end. It's, and I had, had a then snack. Then you really chow down at uh, lunchtime. Yeah, well, but that meal could be a whole pizza. 11 to 2 I is a big meal. I saw a pizza because I bought a, brought him um, some banana bread. I yesterday. know. A whole loaf of banana bread. Uh, I understand. And uh, there's, a, 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 I think, a sub. And let me ask you a question. Eats a lot yeah. during the day. A sub, a grinder, a hoagie, whatever the case might be. Should it be on white bread or whole wheat? White. Thank you. Why? Tastes oh, better. Whole wheat is healthier. Tastes better. So, But when do you consider that that has absolutely zero nutritional value? We don't care. I don't care. Seriously. I don't I care. Dude, you. you have to be careful about this at your advanced age. I'm careful. Look at uh, him. He's super healthy. He is healthy. He is. Pretty good I am shape. a man... Known in my doctor's circle as Iron Mike. Is that so? That's what they call me, <laughs> Iron Mike. Iron Mike. Because of my physique and my physical abilities inside and outside. They can't stop it me. It couldn't kill you to eat a whole wheat. Or, I'm or, not eating whole wheat. Or, I, or multi-grain or something. I don't care about yeah. grains and wheats. I want food to taste good. <laughs> it's empty calories. It's got. It's like Wonder Bread. What are you, six? It tastes good. And it builds and it builds bodies twelve times a day. <laughs> that's what they twelve said. different ways. About yeah, yeah whatever, whatever that was. I cover all the bases. That was Wonder Bread. Right. Yeah. All right, Sean. Good enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Next week, same time, same place. More Jimmy's. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is going to pass really muster. Sad. I don't know if this yeah, it was is sort of sad. There. You had you this were really on a roll. Jim. You know, as uh, we were getting down to the bottom of page one, I said, "This I said, guy, this guy's going to pick up a Jimmy." He sounded pretty damn good. So if he can make it through that and then go into page two, page two is only half third to half. You know, he's just got that one little paragraph at the end. If yes. he gets through, boom, he's in the running. Jim, I was reverberating. No. Tintillating and embalmed. I was tremendous. I, today is National Potato Chip Day. You I can have that. potato chips? No. Oh. How about a Reuben? Do you like a Reuben? No. That's corned beef. No. What? No. You don't like corned beef? I've never had a Reuben. I'm, I'm not having a Reuben. Have you ever had a Reuben? There's things on there I don't like. What? Banana peppers. I don't like those. No, you don't have to put banana pepper. No, not no, a Reuben. They, they put them on there. Thousand Island dressing? That's, he eats Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> they You'd put like a them Reuben. on there. I'm no. not having a Reuben. It's corned beef on rye bread. I don't put them on. They put them on there. They put them on there. The, no, the sandwich artist. Who is that? Thank you, Shot Doctor. Good job. Okay. We'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> Fine. All right. Five minute professor uh, right around the corner on Real Radio 104.1. It's time to rise above the butt jokes and hemorrhoid humor. Even if only for a few fleeting moments. And actually learn. Something. This is the five minute professor. Without further ado, greetings and salutations, Professor. And to you, Mr. Phillips, and the file, good to be with you as always. Where are you as you speak? I am at the call center down the street from my house. I'm at a beautiful new manager's desk. They're nice. giving me all kinds of space here. They yeah. stay away from our people and stop bothering them. That's what they said. <laughs> They gave him a new bassy phone. He's got plenty of bass. Yeah, you got you got it's work all about to do. That bass. All right. Nice. Hey, <laughs> what do you got for us today? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us? Uh, so, uh, for reasons that I cannot fully explain, and <laughs> sometimes I just need to know 
what things mean. And someone said something about dolphins and porpoises being the same, and I, no. I just knew that they were not the same. So I did some research on the difference between dolphins and porpoises. Is a porpoise a dolphin? No. No, they are two different marine species. Oh, okay. I just didn't know if one was the Okay, whatever. Uh, so the real difference here is that uh, it the the primary difference between these animals is the shape of their mouths and what's inside of them. So a dolphin has conical shaped teeth, so pointy teeth designed for catching prey, right. and they have a longer snout. Mm. Although although we call it a snout, it's not in any way a nose. It's really just their mouth. So a bottlenose dolphin does not have a larger nose. It's got a larger mouth. Makes oh, sense because okay. their yeah. nose is okay. the blowhole yeah. on the top of their head. They don't, they don't smell oh, through their noses. I see what he's doing. Yeah. yeah, they don't smell through their noses. Their nose is on the top of their head. Words. So, so flipper, is a, uh, flipper is a dolphin or porpoise? Both dolphins and porpoises have flippers. Yeah, but what That's was flipper? But the oh, oh, flipper was flipper. a bottlenose dolphin. Okay, okay, gotcha. a common bottlenose dolphin. So a porpoise has a very flat face. They don't have per, a protruding snout at all. You ever seen the face of a beluga whale? Yes. Yeah. Beluga whales look like porpoises. So they have a very small face, and and their mouths really, their faces can look like they're smiling. Dolphins look like they're laughing at you. Porpoises are just mildly amused by you. Okay. That's a big difference there, I think. Porpoise came from the French word, which means pigfish. All right. Which doesn't <laughs> seem in any way complimentary. Uh, when I was up in Alaska, uh, we were on the 14th uh, story of this uh, cruise ship. And looking down, and you could see what looked like little tiny orca. Yeah. Swimming in front of the boat. Mm -hmm. And those are dolls porpoises. So they had the black and white coloring, which made them look like what they're, what the uh, naturalist called them. What do you think they're doing that for? Just for amusement? What, the, the coloring? No, swimming in front of the boat. I mean, we've seen them before, you know, schools of them. Right. You right. think they just do that for amusement? Is it fun, do you think? Or are they doing I it for a particular do. purpose? I think they do. Porpoise. I, it is. Uh, they, <laughs> they don't do it by accident. They do it on porpoise. Yeah, they do it on porpoise, but I, I, I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, just... No, uh, the the expectation is that some of the things which we see dolphins and porpoises do, yeah. they do just because they are fun. They have, the one of the dolphins in particular, have the largest brain size to body mass, second only to humans. So the expectation is that a lot of the things which they do, they have a language, they have communication skills, where they're, they're able to do complex communication, to individually name individuals, to refer to each other individually, uh, to differentiate between one another, and that they also do activities which are just to play and to play with species other than themselves. I think some of them are spouse abusers, too. What? Uh, Are you well, crazy? Well, between you, me, and the fence post, yeah. uh, they are kind of uh, gang rapists. Uh, when when a female, well, a female is only interested in mating about every two or three years. Yeah. So Jeez, all the males so that are true. around uh, try to get in on that action. Oh, okay. 
Uh, so the, the males will mate three or four times a year, and the females are interested in mating about every two or three years, uh, and there seems to be a disparity there. Wait a minute, what are you trying to say? That uh, the males will mate with the females once every two or three years, but the males mate with the males once every two years? What did no, you just no, say? No, I didn't I follow that. I don't understand that. this. The, the males are interested in mating much more frequently than the females are interested in. So they go out trying to find an interested female, oh. and then everyone's interested. Gotcha. Uh, okay. It's how, it's how dolphin females get to be popular. Uh, orca are, of course, dolphin, the largest of the dolphin. Uh, there's also uh, pilot whales are actually dolphins. And Sudorca, uh, the false killer whales, they have some out at SeaWorld. Those are also just large dolphins. Then there are also river dolphins. River dolphins live in fresh or brackish water as opposed to the ocean. Uh, and there are species in the Amazon River Basin. There are species in the Indus and Ganges River. There is a recently extinct species from the Yangtze River. And uh, there is a critically endangered species in the Irrawaddy River. Where's that? In Southeast, uh, Southeast Asia. Hey, is Marineland still open up near uh, St. Augustine? I don't know that answer. I think it is. Is it? A, I wonder. I've just thought about that. Oh. I don't know. They've got a great bar there. They used to. What? Yeah, the hotel and the motel there. And you, and they, they turn on a motor, and the bar was shaped like a boat, and it would rock. Oh, God, I would yeah. be sick. It <laughs> is still open. Although the town of Marineland yeah. also still exists. It's in Flagler in St. John's County. That's right. All right, hold that thought. We're going to get back to you, Professor. Five-minute professor with a pop quiz right around the corner. Something to do, I suppose, with dolphins and porpoises. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Time for the check of the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. A police department in Michigan will now have a police cat after reaching 10,000 Twitter followers. Come with me, write me out, sir. You're under poor arrest. Next, a man in Miami stole his neighbor's peacock and was chased by a horde of angry birds. It's like they say, birds of a feather fight together. Finally, Steve from Blue's Clues would like to fight John Cena to get the hosting job in the Blue's Clues reboot. Nice try Steve. How are you going to fight John if you can't see him? Headlines were brought to you by the Phillips File Live blog. Go there to find out about eating cacti at realradio.fm. And transmission. Call now for person, place, or thing, 407-916-1041. From you are listening to The Phillips File on Real Radio. Real Radio! 104.1 Alright, back to the five-minute professor. Got a little bit of a lecture on porpoises and dolphins. Uh, Want to give us 30 seconds or a minute more on that? I absolutely will. I have given you four extra points uh, for mentioning Marineland. The oldest known female dolphin was Nellie, who was at Marineland and lived for 61 years. Uh, porpoising is what they call the jumping out of water that dolphins do. It's called porpoising. Uh, dolphins and porpoises do it, uh, and uh, they're moving just above the water while they're moving quickly below the water. They jump out. That's called porpoising. There are several possible reasons. One of them is called sky hopping. It's so that they can see what's going on mm-hmm. around them. But what are you going to see? Maybe a boat. 
uh, it's faster to actually jump out of the water than to be in the water because of friction, although they're not actually swimming, so that's not sustainably faster. Uh, it may also be to remove parasites, to chase food, or just to play. Remember there was a bottlenose dolphin uh, you could, if you were heading from Titusville up to Hallover Canal, and every once in a while he'd pop up. I think he had a tattoo or a or a brand on him. I don't know what he was. He must have been used in some kind of an experiment. You could just stop your boat up. He'd come. You know, you throw him a couple of shrimp. Boom, he'd be on his way. You know, they're uh, they're relatively easily trained. Yeah, I was concerned uh, he might have animals. a bomb attached to him or something. You know, the, well, they train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the expectation is that there are over a thousand dolphin in captivity around the world because of how easy they are to train. Porpoises hmm. and river dolphins do not survive well in captivity. Yeah. Oh. There are very few porpoises in captivity, but bottlenose and common dolphins are, uh, they, they, they kind, kind of take to it. All right, let's have a quiz. All right, the TV series Flipper is about a bottlenose dolphin, the most common type of dolphin. They swim in the tropical zone of the world's oceans. They can be up to 18 feet long and weigh 800 pounds. Here's the question. Uh -oh. Flipper was a movie before it was a TV series. What year did the movie debut? Jim, uh, 1968. Before 1968. 1965. That is absolutely correct. Whoa, Nelly. Chuck was... Connors is in over 80 movies and TV shows, but is most famous for what TV role from 1958 oh. to 1963? The Rifleman was the only U.S. TV show available in what country in the early 1970s? It was the only U.S. TV show available in what country in the early uh, 1970s? Jack. Mr. Bradshaw. Canada. No. Jim. Mr. Phillips. Great Britain. No. Why are you saying it like that? It is well. I was trying to say if I should go east or west. It is between Great Britain and Canada. Oh, depending on which way you're going around the world. What? Iceland, Russia, Greenland, 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 Iceland. Iceland. The China. other way. Oh, the other. Oh, way. Okay. Well, Russia. that's pretty Russia. much everything then. China, it, Russia. Yeah. What? What's your answer? No. Russia. In the 1970s? It, it, I will accept Russia. It is the United... The, Soviet Union. Uh, uh, USSR, Soviet yeah. Republic. Uh -huh. uh, Leonid Brezhnev was a personal friend of Chuck Connors oh. and loved the show. And as a result, it was available in the Soviet Union a decade after it aired in the United States. The Rifleman was set in what territory that became the 47th U.S. state? Jim, yeah, that, uh, that was, of course, um, of course. Mm, uh. Oklahoma. Actually, they were from Oklahoma. They they uh, well, let me try again. Grew up in Enid, Oklahoma. Enid, That's yeah. where the mother died. Enid. Right. Uh, Wyoming, further south. Uh, Jack, Arizona, further east. East. Uh, New Mexico. New Mexico is absolutely nice correct. Nice no, uh, Trying to picture the map. Mm -hmm. Santa Fe is the capital of New Mexico. It is the oldest city to be a U.S. state's capital city. What year was 
Santa Fe founded. Oh, it was founded? What Santa Fe yeah. founded? Yeah. Well, Jim, yes. work off of me. Believe it or not, Santa Fe was founded in 1658. Before 1658. Stop. By the way, Boston was founded in 1630. I was Go there on. once, and I will say 1620. Before 1620. Oofa. Before the Pilgrims? Really? Before the Pilgrims. Spanish. The Spanish, the Spanish conquistadors were looking for El Dorado. Mm. See, si, lo siento. See. Silver. Okay. Pizarro, uh, remember him? 1580. After 1580. There. Okay, there, we narrowed it down. Fritz. <laughs> Fritz. 1600. After 1600. Come on, Pigman, you got it easy. 20-year window. Sorry, what was that, Professor? Can you carry this, Mr. Pigman? I don't know. Somewhere That's not a clue. Between <laughs> 1600 and 1620. I would say it's, it's oh, don't give between any help. He just, 1600 and 1620. It's between. 1610. 1610 is absolutely correct. Oh, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Jim, we're it. on the same side here. I know, but, uh, you know, <laughs> he's got to work it. He never works it. Santa Fe is also it. the highest elevation city to be a U.S. state capital city. It's not Denver. Yeah. How many feet above sea level is Santa Fe? Jim, that's, uh, I'll say, um, it's a mile high city. Well, it's, it's higher oh, than oh, 5280. It's, it's higher than 5280. It's uh, 6,800. Thanks for the conversion, Mo. Higher than 6,800 feet above sea level. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, let me give you an upper window. I will Not say. Too much upper, I don't think. Okay, I will say 7,800. Fewer than 7,800 feet above sea level. Uh, Moira, yes. 7,400. Lower than 7,400 feet above sea Come level. Come on, Fritz. Getting close, Fritz. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 7,200. Absolutely. All right, Fritz. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah, yeah, yeah. carrying the team, yeah, yeah. wouldn't you say? It, it's actually no, 7,199 no, no, no. feet okay. above sea level. Nice. I was looking for 7,200. All this talk of Santa Fe reminds me that the largest city by population is Albuquerque. With half a million souls, Breaking Bad was set in Albuquerque, first airing in January of what year? Jim. Jack, go ahead. 2008. 2008 is absolutely correct. Look at you. Zach knows stuff, yeah. In April of 2008, what band had a number one alternative hit in the U.S. with Pretty Odd? Pretty, period, odd, period, was the name of the song. The band name has an exclamation point, but not at the end. What's the name of this band? Oh, Pinkman. Mr. Pinkman. Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco is absolutely correct. Pinky! Thank God we have a millennial on the team. Absolutely. 1976 was a big year for disco. Both the Rick D's hit Disco Duck. Yeah, I remember that. And the Tramps Disco Inferno were big hits. Mm -hmm. The Tramps, which is T-R-A-M-M-P-S, were from what city that was the first or second largest city in the country until 1830? The Tramps were from what city that Jack. was the first or second largest city in, until 1830? Mr. Bradshaw. Wait, are we at the end of the thing here? Yeah, no, are we close? Not uh, quite. No. Okay, Boston. Are we going to say Porpoise? No, I was going to say. further south. <laughs> it's further south than Boston. Oh. Further south than Boston. Further south. Yes. yes. Atlanta. The, further north than Atlanta. The first or second largest city by population in the United States until 1830. Oh, maybe it's like... Philly? Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, Philadelphia. Philly. Yeah, that's, 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 that's Jim, you got to guess. I'll go Philadelphia. Philadelphia is absolutely Woo! right. There we go. Oh, yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl for the first time in 2018, but they had played in how many Super Bowls before they won their first one? Jack. Mr. Bradshaw. Three. 
Fewer. Zero. No, 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 no. More. One. More. <laughs> Fritz. Come on, Fritz. Fritz. Do it, Fritz. Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two is absolutely <laughs> right. Okay. That's a way. That's team. He's That's carrying team the effort. team, right? <laughs> I know you guys are big fans of the Philadelphia Eagles, so I'll ask this final question. What team beat the Eagles in Dolphins. week 10 of the 2000? That is absolutely ah, right. Go, all right. They won 20 to 19. Dolphins, okay. see, what did okay. yeah, see what he did there? Yeah, see what he did there? See what he did there? All right. All right. All right. Oh. I think someone's going to be disappointed, but everybody else is going to be happy. This is a 92. Oh, I'm all right with Even with the rifleman? Come on. Oh. That an A minus. A minus is awesome. Thank you. That's that a good score right there. Hey. Nicely done. All right, where are you going to be? What are you up to? Uh, tomorrow night, I am going to be, actually tomorrow night and Friday night, I am going to be at the Silly Grape in Maitland. Tomorrow night, it's regular trivia night. And then on Friday night, the new dining room area that they have between the Silly Philly and the Silly Grape is going to be open for a very special event. If you have any questions, go to the Facebook page for the Silly Grape and get the details for the special event that is going on on Friday night, a special dinner and a show at the Silly Grape. And I hear here that there's probably not nudity, but I'll be there, so there's a 50-50 shot. <laughs> All right, Professor. On Saturday, I will be at uh, Waco Taco, attached to the Hourglass Brewery, and then on Tuesday, like I am every single Tuesday, enjoying my half-price pizza at Post Time Lounge and Cafe. Well, that sounds good. Nice. That does sound good. Any idea I'm for uh, next Wednesday? I have not thought of anything for next Wednesday. But uh, my daughter's going to be on school vacation, so I'm thinking about something with alcohol in it. All right, there you go. Thank you, Professor. Good job. Appreciate it. The 5-Minute Professor on Real Radio 104.1. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, smooth. That is PPT. That's person, place, or thing. Thanks to Fritz for carrying the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, what's the prize there, Mr. Pinkman? Win it before you can buy it. A pair of tickets to see Paul Simon's Homeward Bound, the farewell tour at the Amway Center on September 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at all Ticketmaster outlets. You can visit realradio.fm keyword tickets for more info. There we go. Thank you, Mr. Pinkman. Mm, Kate, you're first up. Pick a person, a place, or a thing. Kate. Okay. Yeah, person, place, or thing, Kate. Okay, can you hear me? I can. Over. Pick a person, a place, or a thing. A person. A person. Thanks to Brad for the category. Thank you, Brad. Who is this person, Kate? Here's the clue. Clue number one. This southern girl from Alabama is the youngest of four siblings. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. That's a great guess. That's your final answer. It's not right, but boy, oh boy, right out of the box, you know, an answer, very affirmative. I like that. Mm -hmm. like that attitude. Do you? I do. (laughs) All right. Here's Mark. Clue number two, Mark. This person had designs on becoming an architect, but pursued a career in modeling and acting. Oh, Ooh, Pinkman. <laughs> oh, it's a her. True. Oh. Same. Yeah. About Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. That's your final answer? Sure. No, nah, that's Cindy Crawford. I was going to give another clue, but I might give it away with that. What? Here we go with uh, Tom. Here we go. She's appeared Crawford? in music videos. Clue number three. She's appeared in music videos. And her family ties helped get a movie role in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. No, I never saw that movie. Doggone it. Um, you never went to the movie with your friends and saw this? Dan Marino. Never did. Never did. Uh, I think. 
grave Finkel. Was that a clue? I don't know. Yes, it was a clue, as a matter oh. of fact. Oh. See, I thought so. Mm-hmm. You never went to the movies with your friends and saw... I'll give you another clue. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen is another clue. She's appeared on music videos and her family ties helped to... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are great, but I'm drunk. I gotta move on. It was a good clue, though, right? It was. Thank you. You're a good friend, Jim. Here we go, Robert. Clue number four. She screams every time someone gets her confused with Demi Moore. Stop it. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox, you say. That's your final answer? That's my final answer. Yeah, baby. There you got it, Courtney yeah. Cox. Good job. Number five is Cougar. He's good friends oh, with Lisa Kudrow and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, good friends. See what Courtney Cox. That's good, Pinky. Getting lost out here. Can be dangerous business, Jim. What? <laughs> it happened to people who lived here all their lives. He's acting. He's acting. That's oh, from my scene today, Mo. Oh, oh, oh. thanks All for right. paying attention to the movie. 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 A movie. <laughs> Forgot all about that movie. Yeah, I never, I never knew it. about it. <laughs> what was it called? Big Country. In the yeah, big yeah. stars though. Big, big stars. I think Burl Ives no. was in it. Yes, correct. Points. <laughs> for who? You or me? For you. Thank yeah, you. He didn't take your points, did he? That's not nice. I'll take some. I'll take a little bit of points. We were going to do uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, but I couldn't. Uh, yeah, it didn't work. Oh, my. With Burl Lives. Yeah. What? Didn't he sing a Christmas song like he Rudolph did. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was he in those ranking and stuff. Best. Then I think yeah. he did a rendition of Big Rock Candy Mountain or something. Really? Yeah, yeah, was classic. A, Exactly, Burl Ives. Yeah. Looked like a jolly sort at times. He had a beard. He did have a beard. Yeah, one rare. You saw guys with beards back then. I don't then. think there's a photograph with Burl Ives without a beard. I never saw one. No challenge accepted. Well, <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Burl Ives sans beard. I think he had a full beard for a long time, and then he went to that uh, Billy Goat thing. Oh, oh, I, he never had a wolf. He was Big Daddy and. Cat on a hot tin roof. Did he have a blitzer? Paul Newman, Elizabeth Taylor. No, no, just no, no, saying. No. This is way better than a blitzer. Did Burl Ives have a blitzer? Nobody had blitzers back then. Mm-mm. Okay. Unless you caught him at 5 o'clock on a day off. Why, Wolf was on fire last night with a boner board during that election. Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> have we so declared a winner yet? So, Kornacki, I, first of all, he has this weird, he hurt his fingers or something, falling off a bike. I couldn't figure that out. I couldn't figure out if it was yeah. like a cast or was yeah, it some cast. kind of thing he had on his hand so he could change the no, the, the dynamics no. on the on the magic board or whatever no. they call it. Mm-mm. No. Fell off a bike. He fell off a bike. And, you know, he, he lived to talk about it. So anyway, when I tell you that he was frantic. He's peripatetic. For five hours in a row. I, I don't know how he keeps up that energy level. Maybe he's taking something. But I need mean, good uh-oh, this just in from the newsroom, Jim Phillips reporting. Toys R Us plans oh, to close or sell all U.S. stores. No. Oh, no. The mega store that boasted of having a million toys was the last of its kind. Darn it. Mm. When? Does it say by what date? No. But well, soon, I would imagine. Guess I'll have to do my toy shopping at KB. Didn't they go to bankruptcy court? Oh. Yeah. Oh, like somebody else we know? 
Who uh, else do you know, Mo? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I want to talk about it, Mo. No, I don't want to say uh, it. You want to get down in the weeds on that? I do not. No, I'm not doing that. I knew would, somebody yeah. wants in bankruptcy. Would you believe it? There's not one photo of Burl Ives without a beard. See? Ah, points. Uh, <laughs> even when he was a snowman in Rudolph. That's was, what it was. He had a goatee. He had a goatee. Then. Stop. He looked like Leon Redbone. Gold. <laughs> Hey, Jim, tomorrow night, Monsters Comedian of the Year competition. It's night two. It's going to be a great night. These comics, uh, they're top notch. It's amazing. Uh, Night one was great. Night two is tomorrow night. And uh, five comedians plus Miguel Colon, the former Monsters Comedian of the Year, doing his set as well. Moira will join Russ Rollins and Sixy Savannah as judges. Yeah, just a all- word of warning to any prospective comedian. Do not do anything with Gary Larson cartoons. No, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm practicing. Often described as someone without a funny bone. Go, Mo. No, no. I'm practicing <laughs> laughing without peeing in my pants. You don't that's have to laugh. Goal. You don't have what? to laugh. If you don't think they're funny, don't laugh. Don't give them a fake no. laugh. No. Oh, but, like, uh, what's his name on The Late Night? Yeah. With that Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Just, yeah, just be honest. No. And, uh, because I- you you got to pipe up what you liked or disliked about the comedian. Yeah, 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 I will. Anyway, tomorrow, the Comedian of the Year competition, Hard Rock Orlando VIP seating still available. Get the details at monsters.fm, keyword funny. Get some your ticket. Get your tickets for tomorrow night. Do it right now. It's all brought to you by Bud Light and Hard Rock Orlando. Sounds good to me. Let's get out of here. Good show today. Thank you very much. Thanks to Kelly for dropping by the first hour. A fantastic interview. We're back tomorrow at 3 whole bunch of things. We'll talk with uh, Pat Clark. We'll talk some sports with him. Eddie the Shaman coming in. That's tomorrow at 3. Right after the Shot Doctor with Sabrina and Celine. They follow the monsters in the morning. Tom and Dan are next. Tonight, eat dessert first. Grin like a dog. Wonder aimlessly. Pound your conk as often as you can. Buy your books with cash and eat some ants. Bye-bye and take care. $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1.